This program is sponsored by Wilsey Asset Management. Welcome to your commercial-free, uninterrupted investment show. Sponsored by the SEC-registered investment firm, Wilsey Asset Management, a fiduciary firm owned and operated by President Brent Wilsey, who has been putting clients' investment needs first for over 40 years. The Smart Investing Show has been giving unbiased financial information for over 27 years on local radio stations right here in San Diego, providing you with fundamental analysis on stocks and investments you want to know about. Now, here are your hosts... Brent and Chase Wilsey. Well, good morning and uh, welcome to the Smart Investing Show. Yes, I'm Chase Wilsey here and with me as always is uh, Brent Wilsey. He's fumbling over here looking for his papers, so I thought I'd take the intro from him to make sure we... uh, Got into the show here. Yeah, thank, thank you for doing that. Then my chair got stuck on the microphone. <laughs> I almost fell over. They'd see that on Facebook. But anyways, yes, uh, it is a good morning and a Saturday morning here doing the Smart Investing Show. We just love doing this for, for two hours. It goes by so quickly. Uh, I have been doing the Smart Investing Show here in San Diego on local radio for 28 years. Now, if you have an investment questions or want a fundamental analysis of a stock you own or looking at buying, selling, or holding, the phone numbers to reach us are 866 866- Five seven seven two four seven three. That's eight six six five seven seven two four seven three. And as always, that gets you through if you're unbiased, no strings attached, fundamental opinion about what you want to talk about. Well, Chase, uh, one thing before we get started with our stuff here, I got to mention I, I I feel like I need to go hide because I have a cold. And I'm afraid oh. somebody's gonna say, "Oh, you got COVID." No, it's a, it's the old fashioned cold. That's that's what it is. I've I've, I've had COVID before. I've been in, um, immune to it now, and it's just you got the little runny nose. You've got the little cough once in a while, and I feel like, oh my gosh, you know. So I I just realized like, ooh, this is the old fashioned cold. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. And th- and then not to go too far off track, but then it made me think too, like, and we should we should look at these numbers because I remember in the beginning with COVID. Uh, the mortality rate was as high as 5%. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder now, like a year later, we got some good data. What is the mortality rate? I wonder what it is. Well, we'll have to check that for people and maybe do a post on next week. Yeah, I got to be careful because uh, we offended some people last time. So, uh, Well, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I, I'm, if we offend somebody by the true numbers, I'm sorry. you know. But uh, And all we'll do is just post the numbers and like, hear what it is. You do what you want with it. But I'm, I'm just kind of curious. I'm sure many people are. What What, what is the... Real mortality rate, no projections, just what it was. Yeah. So, yeah. Alrighty. Uh, another thing I've been worried about, or am worried about, is the housing market as people start to do some crazy things now uh, to make a, their buy offer stand out. Uh, according to data from Redfin, between September 2020 and February 21, nearly 18% of successful offers waived the appraisal contingency, while 13% said, eh. We don't care about that home inspection. We're going to get the home anyways. Craziness or what? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, and we say, I, I don't know if this is the absolute peak for the housing market. I, I, I don't. I mean, things can go crazy for mm-hmm. a long time. You, you just never know where it's going to end. But what I can tell you is it's not a good value right now. Home, homes are not on sale. You know, right. it's it's very expensive. And, I mean, it's funny. I was talking to our financial planner, Harrison, who will join us in the show later. But uh, we're saying, you know, okay, maybe – Waving the appraisal, like, of course, I would never do that. But that, that makes more sense than waving the inspection. The appraisal, I think people know they're paying so much for yeah. a house anyway. So it's like, who cares what the appraisal is? I'll pay whatever. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, the appraisal is $250,000. i will pay 300000 I don't care. 
So I think. Wait, wait, three hundred thousand. Okay, okay, wait, fine. You're it's not a million. California. It's, it's a million dollars, and okay, fine. I'll I'll pay one point two million. Who really cares? So I think waiving the appraisal. <clears throat> if you don't care about the price, it's okay, whatever. But waiving the inspection, uh, that that's what just blows me away. I mean, you could go into the house and everything looks fine. You could have a huge issue with the foundation. You move in, house starts to sink. Oh gosh, now I have to put two hundred fifty grand into the house to repair it. I yeah. mean that I I can't believe thirteen percent of people are just waiving the inspection. And you know we're doing this on live radio for people. I just realized that we're telling people if you have a crack in your foundation or a major problem with your home, now's a great time to sell it because you may get by getting rid of a major problem. I mean, what's going to stop you from doing that? Yeah, and I I don't know, and I, I really hope that like realtors aren't encouraging people to waive the inspection. Well, 13%, I guess, uh, are okay with it. Maybe they just turn a blind eye to it and just like, eh, it's not a big deal. Everything looks fine. I'll, I'll do my own inspection. Yeah, we'll, we'll check things. But you just, there's things you can't see, like I termites. Mean, termites, yeah. mold. Like, what, what if there's black mold somewhere in the house? And yeah. it's like, oh, they, they painted over something and really get underneath it, or they put a piece of wood over it. You know, it, you don't know. And I, I don't trust a lot of people. And, and it still is the biggest purchase you make in your lifetime. I think for people to take it so lightly it, it is foolish. Foolish, yeah. And, and and who thinks they're getting a great deal now? And and this happened before back in the, the Great Recession with, with housing prices back then. Like, oh, we're going to miss out, and, and it's going to go higher and higher and higher. I'm sorry. There's going to be a limit to it. And, and as you see rates rise and wages you know, aren't increasing that pace, who's going to be qualifying for these homes? And it's it's an it's an issue. And and the issue that I look at here too is this is from September. I bet you if you look more recently, like if you go January to March, I'm kind of curious on this data. I bet you'd be even higher mm-hmm. than the thirteen percent. Because I think the housing shortage has gotten much worse since September. So I bet you it's higher than thirteen percent now. I it very well could be. Um as the craziness continues and, and I tell people, you know, oh but I but I don't want to miss out. I said, you do not make money when things are crazy. It, it just doesn't happen. It's proven time and time again. And, and I was talking to somebody, and, and I know we're going to hit Bitcoin here, but I, but I recommend it. And this even applies for the um, uh, real estate as well. See if I still have it. Yeah, it was, it's a book that I recommended. Uh, and the name of the book is Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds. This is what's going on with real estate, with Bitcoin, and you got to read stuff like this because it, it, it nothing happens good when things go crazy. So. Yeah, and I, I the thing that always makes me chuckle a little bit it's San Diego real estate. <laughs> it only goes up. That's that's not true. And and I mean, if you look back at two thousand six, if you bought near the peak of the market, we still know there's some people that they're probably above water now right. on the home. But a couple years ago, they made no money. That's 13, 14 years of making no money in, in awesome real estate. And I would have never bought during 2006. <laughs> but you're buying now? Right. It, it, I, I think this could be a lot like 2000. And it's not going to create the collapse. I don't think we're going to have the financial crisis by any means. We, we have a lot more safeguards in place. But I, I think you're going to look 20 years down the road and be like, gosh, I bought a home in 2021. What was I thinking? I got a great rate. But I got an expensive home, <laughs> you know, so um, it's just something. And, again, I, I want to re- repeat the name of that book because I re- really recommend it for people. It's, it's by Charles Mac- Mackey, 
uh, and, is, and the name of the book is Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds. And if you think that you've got something great going on with a Bitcoin or real estate or whatever it may be, I mean, uh, equities, read the book because it really brings you back to reality of, of what's going on. Speak of that, uh, many people do not realize that stocks and other assets must have, very important here, a buyer and a seller for every transaction. Now, this means that if the supply of those willing to sell is very low, it will send the price higher until a seller is found. Uh, I bring this up because I do believe Bitcoin is being sent higher, uh, not necessarily because of widespread demand, but rather a pool of those selling is very, very low. In fact, it has been found by uh, B of A that 95% of all Bitcoin is controlled by, and get this number, 95% of all Bitcoin is controlled by 2.4% of the accounts. Uh, according to China analysis, 20% of the supply may be sitting or lost or stranded in digital wallets. What's, do people not hear this information? They just think it's a great thing? Or well, what? and I mean, the, the 2.4% of those accounts, those are going to be people that are huge, massive believers in Bitcoin. They're not ever going to really want to sell their bit. Like, this is the future. This is going to be great and blah, 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 blah. They don't want to sell. Right. So if they're not selling, that's, again, 95% of it is locked away. It's not being traded. That means if it's not being traded, as we said, there's nothing out there for the buyers to buy. It's kind of like what we're seeing in this housing market right now. The prices go up because there's no houses on the market. It's the same thing with Bitcoin. When there's no tradable supply of it, prices just go wild. And I, I just... I don't know. I don't know if people don't look at these numbers. I don't think people understand that, as you said, anytime somebody buys or sells something, yeah. there's always two people on that transaction. There's always a winner and a loser on every transaction there. And, and actually, we've talked about, oh, but Bitcoin has a limited supply, but cur- cryptocurrency does not. And I'm going to call it the dog coin, the one that everybody liked. And you, Doge. Doge. I think that got cut by 50% yesterday, and I, I don't follow Bitcoin or, or DogCoin or whatever. I, I just see it pop up at different times. I did notice that I believe Bitcoin fell below $50,000 yesterday, and there was not much talk about it no. um, be, because once that hype goes out and people start thinking that, it, it could fall tremendously. Now, what could happen is you got people step back in like, oh, this is a great buying opportunity, could bring it back up. Again, fear of missing out. But on the other hand, too, it could change where people say, no, this don't buy Bitcoin. Now this is time to buy Ethereum or Litecoin. There's all these other cryptos eight, out there. I think there's 800 cryptocurrencies out it's, there. It's yeah, insane. So. And, I mean, if you look at, to the functionality of Bitcoin, the Bitcoin network itself is rather slow. And B of A points out that it handles just 14,000 transactions per hour. You compare that to Visa's network. Well, they do 236 million. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's ludicrous. Yeah. And it, it's just, and we got some knockback on our social media of people yeah. saying, well, actually, Bitcoin was never meant to be used as a transaction, uh, at, like at, at the face, you know, of the right. transaction process. I'm sorry. I still don't get what the purpose <laughs> of Bitcoin is. Well, know? because you're going to buy a Tesla. That's what you're going to do. You're going to buy a Tesla yes. with uh, what? Oh, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, we got to kind of mention this real quick. Uh, Brendan, who loves Tesla, he gave us, and I guess that's the second one time I've said it, he gave us a, a card each. We can say Tesla once. Oh, there's my third time. I'm going to have to have an IOU on those. So so I guess we've used up our 
Well, you used it twice, so you can use mine. I'll, I'll lend you mine. Well, I said it three times. Oh, yeah, that's okay. I, I don't know if it meant per segment or per. We can only say the word once. But but anyways, now where, where am I going with that? I, I got totally off track. Um, you were talking about how people are buying oh, Tesla instead of yes, Bitcoin. Yes, because they can use it for the big purchases. Yeah. But then again, remember that if you have a big profit on it, you buy that Tesla with your Bitcoin, you now have to pay taxes on top of sales tax for that car. Oh. <laughs> tax, tax, tax. That's awesome. What, what, a, what a great currency. Great what a currency. great trade. I, yes. I just yeah. love to buy you know, a car or a house and then have to pay taxes on top of taxes. That's, that sounds like a really efficient process. Yes, very, very efficient. And what? I got to pay how much next yeah. year? Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I think a of- lot of people don't realize that. You have to pay taxes. It's yeah. an asset. It's not a currency. And they say, well, it can be hidden. Not if you're buying Tesla. Yeah. Because if or you're buying a car, any car, I don't care what the car is, it's going to show up because they have to make that transaction. So it's not a, a trade where you're between people, maybe. So. The IRS is not stupid. No, and they will come down on it. So yeah. uh, staying with Bitcoin, I, you know, I'm sure to, you know, we keep hearing about the hype that many corporations, many corporations, oh, my gosh, are starting to use Bitcoin. Uh, based on a survey taken in February this year from Gartner of 77 financial executives, they found only 5% plan to buy it for the treasuries this year. However, I, lo- I love this number, 84% never expect to put Bitcoin on their balance sheets at all. So what these people are doing trying to hype Bitcoin, like, oh, the corporation started to do it. It is a very small amount of ones that are doing it and even a small amount of, uh, what, 5% are even thinking about it. Yeah, and I mean the other thing too is those companies that are actually doing it, like uh, you know, Mass Mutual is one. Well, they only purchased $100 million of Bitcoin. Wait, $100 million? That sounds like a lot of money. Uh, when you consider it's a trillion-dollar market cap right now. <laughs> and also that equates to just 0.04% yep. of the company's general investment account. I mean, the craze for Bitcoin is more in the hype, not in the reality of what businesses are doing. And the thing I point out, too, is you, you look at the companies that have actually kind of been prominent in, in buying Bitcoin at this time. You talk about Tesla. You talk about what uh, Square with Jack Dorsey, and then there's another like microchip company. I, I don't, I never heard of the company until he'd been blowing up just because he right. put all of his money into Bitcoin for the company. But the thing is, they're all essentially founder-based companies. They kind of run the show there. You're not like, um, I'm just going to use like GM, like with Mary Barr. You have a huge board to report to, and and Mary Barr has come out many times. They will never put Bitcoin on the balance sheet, essentially. Right. And, you know, the the thing that I point out is, again, these founders can kind of do what they want, but once you have to start going to a full board of people and then kind of getting that full type of adoption where you're not just the founder of the company, I think that's where it's going to just not happen. I mean, that's why it's 84% are like, no, that's never going to happen. Right. And also, I mean, you, you look at, okay, well, why don't you just buy stocks then? If you're trying to make money on your cash, why don't you just buy stocks in the, the account? Oh, that's risky. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that, that. That's risky. And, that, and that's what's kind of funny <clears throat> with people. And, and these people that love it, they come up with all these things. And and a, a, a good friend of mine who we, we disagree on it, he loves Bitcoin. I don't. Uh, but he said, but Brent, just if everybody in the world just bought 1% of Bitcoin, it would go to a million dollars. Well, my thought is, well, what if just 25% of the people that have it now get out of it? It's going to go probably broke. So you can say anything you want to about it, but it's still there's nothing there. And yes, I do believe cryptocurrency will be used in the future somehow, some way, but it's not going to be Bitcoin at fifty thousand dollars a Bitcoin. That, that's just hype, is all that is. 
Uh, it is not the real currency that things will happen. Again, China, we talked last week, China came out with their own yeah. uh, cryptocurrency on the one. Yeah, and I think it is funny. Uh, just kind of last thought here on Bitcoin. Um, but y- you mentioned, oh, if everybody just put 1% of their money into Bitcoin, you could say that about anything. Yeah. If everybody just put 1% of their money into General Motors, wow, GM would be worth, you know, <laughs> A no. lot of money. <laughs> yeah. No crap. You know? it's, it's, it's crazy. No crap. <laughs> I wanted to say something else. <laughs> no crap just didn't sound very good. Yeah. But I, know, I know what you meant. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, we're going to do one more uh, thing topic here. I, I do see Diane and Powell wants to talk about Verizon. She'll be first up. Phone number is here, 866-577-2473. That's 866-577-2473. And as always, that'll get you through for your unbiased. No strings attached, fundamental opinion about what you want to talk about. But we got to talk about this next one because it's so important. The top three cruise lines have raised roughly $40 billion through debt and equity sales. I believe investors are really ignoring the risk. For example, Carnival Cruise Line now has nearly $23 billion in debt, double what it was just two years ago. And the projected interest expense on this is $1.7 billion. That's (laughs) Well, well above the $200 million back in 2019. I mean, people need to look at what they're buying on the businesses. they got to stop just going with the hype. And, oh, but once they open the cruise lines, uh, it's going to be great. And once they start flying, it's going to be great. You're not looking at the profitability or the risk of that business that could file bankruptcy. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the debt, but also the shares outstanding have risen by $400 million from just $700 million a couple of years ago. So, I mean, it went from, what, $700 million to $1.1 That's a huge 1. increase. Billion. Yeah, yeah $1.1 billion. Excuse me. Yeah, <clears throat> it's hard to comprehend those large numbers. <laughs> but, I mean, this means shareholders will be splitting up smaller profits. So, again, profits are going to be down, and there's more shares outstanding. So that means your share of those smaller profits is even less because right. there's so many people out there now. I mean, I just believe investors are way too optimistic about the cruise line industry in general. And the reopening of cruising will not produce the profits to justify the current share prices. And I think, again, it's going to be great when cruises start reopening. And cruise companies were fantastic businesses in 2019. They were. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they were They're very great. well run. Uh, you know, Carnival, <laughs> for instance, did have low debt, paid a right. nice dividend. But that's the thing about investing. It <clears throat> changes. And when you start to issue debt, when you start to issue uh, a lot of shares, that changes the allure to investing in something, especially when – you know, Carnival goes from $6 up to $26, or I think that's about what it is right now. I know it was at 40 a few years ago or before COVID hit, but that doesn't mean it's going to go back to 40 Right. And it could because people are, oh, it's reopening. <clears throat> it's great. Right. But I, I just think people look too much at the trend of it. Well, I want to invest somewhere. You know, last year was the at-home trade. Now it's the reopening trade. Right. Well, they get too <clears throat> far ahead of things. I mean, you look at now with like Zoom and Peloton – don't really hear about them as much as you did last year you, you're right you don't and the other thing too that i want to point out to people we, we've talked about this on the show before we've done posts on it but i want to remind people very important when you increase your shares and you have losses that reduces your loss because you're sharing the loss with more people yeah. but therefore down the road when you get profits you're you are as you mentioned you, you're, you're sharing the profits with more people and what people compare to at that point in time well, wait a minute. You know, I, I don't know the numbers off cruise, uh, Carnival Cruise Lines, but, but let's just say, well, yeah, two years ago, uh, their earnings per share were two dollars. Well, now they're only a dollar. What's happening? More people in the pie. What does that do? 
raise your P.E. ratio, makes it less attractive and so forth. So it's looking good for them now because their losses are lower, the more shareholders, but your profits will be lower as well. And, and, I, and I think you could see these stocks run up and then come way back down because the other thing, too, I think they're offering a lot of deals to get people back on these cruise lines. I could be long. I, I don't like to cruise. I get seasick. I did it once, never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, I, I think people want deals. Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, it will return. I, yeah. I mean, cruising will return, and I think in five years it's going to be a, a booming industry again. But it, it's just a matter of how much are you paying for that right now? What is your share of that company worth? Right. I mean, if they didn't do all these equity <clears throat> sales and, and, you know, issue all this debt, yeah, Carnival at 26 would probably be a fantastic buy. Yeah. But with all the, again, financial distress that they had to go through and, and the changes they had to make to that balance sheet, it's just not worth the risk to us at this point. And, and investors need to realize, too, it's not the company's decision many times to go into bankruptcy. Your yeah. creditors can force you into bankruptcy. So don't think that Carnival Cruise Line has control over that. If your creditors feel like there's an issue here, we better get our money before things get worse. They can say, sorry, you're behind on your payments. Sorry, you didn't meet some covenants, whatever it may be. We need, to, we need our money now. And that could really start things spiraling downturn. And, and what happens, and the, the difference with Carnival Cruise, I, I do remember that they had about 40% of the businesses owned by some family or something. Yeah. But however, what happens is that they can be forced into bankruptcy. They can recapitalize like General Motors did and other companies have done and still be around. But all these shareholders lost all their money. So that, that's why we're so concerned about looking at the balance sheet and looking at debt and looking at issuing more shares. It, it's yeah. just craziness to – and I hate to see people lose money, but if you don't look d- deep enough, you're, you're going to get being hurt. So enough of a lesson. Should we go to the calls? Yeah, I think we're, we're ready to rock and roll on those right, calls. Right. Let me get the phone numbers one more time. 866-577-2473. That's 866 577 Two four seven three. You got a question on the equity, or you may call them stock that you own. Looking at buying, selling, or holding. Have questions on that. We're over and over all the fundamentals. You know, a general investment question as well. Uh, you know, let us know. That's what we're here for as well. Been I've been doing this now for the finance world for forty two years. Um, so yeah, I think I've pretty much come across everything. I think <laughs> once, I think a couple of months ago, somebody stumped me on something. I never got that question. To know the answer to hardly happens. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's go out to Poway. Speak with Diane. Diane, you're on the Smart Investor with Brent Chase. How can we help you? Hi, I am wondering about Verizon. I do you hold that or looking to buy it? No, I'm just looking to buy it. I hear that they have a, a pretty nice dividend. And who is your cell service? With? My cell service is Verizon. Okay, just just want to check that <laughs> to make sure. All right, the company is Verizon Communications Incorporated. Symbol is VZ. We, we do see a good start here. P.E. ratio 12.6 versus 21.2. We see price to sales 1.8. That's also good compared to the industry at 2. Unfortunately, no price to tangible book value, but that is the norm for the industry. And then price to cash flow Verizon 6.6, just slightly above the industry at 6.5. And you are correct. They do pay a nice dividend of 4.4% uh, compared to the industry at 2.7. So that is positive. But uh, they use 41% of their earnings to pay that out. So that tells me the dividend is pretty safe. Now, we do see year-over-year okay. year sales for uh, Verizon down 1.4%. Whole industry seems to be down about 0.7%. Earnings per share did climb by 2.7%, but the industry climbed by 30%. So I'm wondering why the industry climbed by so much more in the earnings per share when Verizon did not. 
Now, the balance sheet is one thing that we want to be careful here with as we've been talking about balance sheets for cruise lines. Current ratio one versus 1.1 for the industry. That's okay. But what I do see here on total debt to equity is 222 versus 255 for the industry. Now, we just bought another company that had a much better balance sheet. I don't know if there's other factors on this high debt to equity. Like sometimes if you have like a uh, car company, you know, they could be using, you know, loaning people money. I think in the industry there there could be something like that because I know they don't pay cash for phones. But I'd want to understand that more. I'd want to dig through maybe the 10Q to find out more about what is going on with their debt because that would worry be worrisome to me if they have a lot of debt uh, on the balance sheet. We do see a good return on equity, 28.7 versus 19. We see a net profit margin of 15 versus 9.5. That is positive. Receivable turnover is 5.5 versus 7.2. And inventory turnover, 35.7. That is better than the industry at 32.5. Chase, what do you see going forward here? Yeah, so current price here for Verizon, well, it's $57.30. 52-week high, $61.95. And 52-week low is $52.85. Now, I go out to December 2022. I do see estimated earnings per share of $5.17. Gives us a very nice, attractive target sell price. Uh, $85.82. I mean, that, that's very good. But yeah. again, the, the debt is just the big, big holdup for me on this company. I mean, I don't think they have anything really that, that is financing, that, that is impacting that debt. I could be wrong on it. You could kind of yeah. go look at it, but I don't believe that's the case. I do know that they have, you know, kind of very expensive contracts for rights and then the towers and the infrastructure for 5G. I know they've had to spend a lot of money on that. I will say one big benefit with these, you know, mobility companies, the cash flow on them is just phenomenal. I mean, it's a very nice reoccurring type yeah. income stream, um, but I, I just I, I can't get over that debt hurdle with Verizon. Yeah, and, and I think, obviously, it's a, a good industry to be in because I, I don't know of anybody, I'm sure there's somebody, that does not have a cell phone. I, <laughs> I think everybody has a cell phone. And the question is, yeah. do, you go, do you go to Verizon, do you go to AT&T, do you go to T-Mobile? I've heard a lot of complaints on T-Mobile with people. Their, their coverage is not very good. Yeah. But you got like three choices there. And that's another good thing, too. There's not like 10 different choices to go to. So I like the concept of that. But the same thing with Chase, that debt worries me. And it doesn't mean tomorrow the stock's going to fall, but it could mean down the road, you know, that maybe, I don't know, I'm going to throw out a year or two that it could cause some problems when they're trying to compete because maybe prices come lower and you don't want to compete. Oh, my gosh, we've got to pay that big interest payment. So that, that's just what kind of worries us. All right, Diane? Great. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. All right. That does open the phone line, 866-577-2473. That's 866-577-2473. Let's head up to Oceanside and speak with Don. Don, you're in the Smart Vegetable Brent Chase. How can we help you? Yes, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I, um, I'm interested in having you check uh, NNN, which is a, uh, which is a REIT, real estate uh, REIT. Oh, okay. National Re- Retail Properties Incorporated. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. I, I don't think we ever looked at this one, have we, Chase? No. no. So I'm, I'm kind of excited here. Maybe we'll find a, a good one here. So uh, coming again is National Real Estate Properties Incorporated, symbol is N. N-N. Now, uh, not a bad start or a great start here. I mean, you got a P.E. ratio of 38.7 versus not material for the industry. Price of sales, very high, 12.5 versus 3.2. Price to book value, 1.9. Industry, 1.8. And price of cash flow is 
versus 22.7. Now you get a nice dividend here of 4.4%. They do use 169% of their earnings to pay that out. But again, Chase will look at the funds from operations uh, to see what that is because a little bit different based on the earnings. We do see that the uh, sales are down 1.5%, but the industry is down 21.4%. Earnings did fall by 22%, but the industry was down 196%. No current ratio. Debt to equity is 74 versus 274. We do see return on equity is kind of low at 5.2 versus, uh, well, compared to the industry, it's a negative 5.2. So I guess that's positive compared to the industry. Uh, we got a net profit margin here of 34.6 versus negative 10.4. And receivable turnover, 183 versus 5. That's very good. And an inventory turnover, 4.4 versus 0.5. Chase, what do you got for the earnings? Yeah, so current price here for national retail properties that's $47.19. It is right near its 52-week high of $47.69. At 52-week low, $25.87. So done very well off that low. Now I got to December 2022. The estimated FFO or funds from operations, well, that's $2.77. Would give us a target sell price of $45.98. So it does look like a little pricey here, Don. And I must say, I, I'm shocked. I, I don't know exactly what this company does but you know if i look up just the the profile on it briefly it says it invests primarily in high quality retail properties and it it is across 48 states has about 3,114 different properties i mean it's pretty well diversified across the country it seems like but i say i'm shocked because it's retail i mean i'm shocked this company's doing well because retail is so out of favor with covid and everything going on are they mainly like grocery stores that they own because if yeah. it's retailers, your traditional like brick and mortar stores, I, I, I'd be quite surprised that they're doing this well. And Don, I think it's so important to understand what this read is because it could be strip malls uh, because they seem to be doing okay. Yeah. It's your big, large malls that aren't doing well. The other thing I would check too is I, th- I think you said there's 3,000 properties across the country, Chase? Yeah, 3,114. Right. We would, would think it's diversified, but what could happen is they could have 2,900 all in certain areas and just a couple in other, other places. So you do want to make sure, look at those numbers. Are those 3,000 properties really diversified pretty much equally across the country? Are they still concentrated in certain areas? Because there are going to be certain areas that will have problems when others don't uh, as far as the economy goes. And, and really important to understand what those REITs are because if they are uh, larger malls, I think they could have some problems. Yeah. All righty. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, Don, thanks for calling. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, that opens up the phone line, 866-577-2473. That's 866-577-2473. Let's head up to Escondido and speak with Gary. Gary, you're on the Smart Vegetable Brand Chase. How can we help you out? Hey, good morning. This is Gary. Hi, Gary. Uh, many years ago. I'm doing fine. Are you? Good, good. All right, I've been listening to this show on and off for many years. Okay. I never thought I would ask this question. I have one share of uh, Walmart stock, and how I got that was because when I first retired from my first job after 30-some years, I had this little job working in the garden in Walmart. I never paid any attention to it. On a, on a scale of 1 to 10, it was like a 1. Me working there was was kind of real easy compared to my regular job. Right. So I put... So I had this. I got this one share stock. I've had it for many years, and I still get letters from Walmart <laughs> telling me that I have stock there, and that. And so I said, okay, I bought. I, bought, I just I just took it up. I bought one share of the stock, 
about eight years ago. Now, this all happened back in 2005. But eight years ago, I bought one share of the stock. And I was really surprised. I got a letter the other day that one share went up. <laughs> so I said, you know what? Now that I'm, I'm, I'm 76 years old, I said, you know what? Now that I have some extra cash, I should buy a whole bunch of Walmart stock. <laughs> I was going to say, so maybe, maybe we'll convince you to buy two shares. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I am going to buy another share today. But the thing is, is it really not, do I really need to buy I have a big repension, okay? Mm-hmm. For, for a guy my age, is there investment to buy shares of Walmart my stock a smart thing to do? Well, if I was much younger, I could see it. Maybe I could make some money. But having two or three or four shares of Walmart stock, is that a, a viable thing? It, 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 I mean, it's really to have one or two or three shares of Walmart stock is not really going to be a, a, a great thing for you. It's not going to change the game by any means. Yeah, not going to change the game. But, I mean, you know, you're still – you're 76, I think you said – I mean, we have many, many clients in their 80s, so you could easily live another 10, 15, 20 years. So long-term investing for you sounds like, oh, I'm too old. Not really. I mean, you can actually look at buying some good companies. I'm, we're going to go over Walmart because I, I do want to answer the question, should you buy more of it or not? Uh, and i got to look at the numbers to, to give you that right decision there. But as far as your investing goes, at 76, I mean, um, that is not old in today's standard. You could easily live another 10 years easily. Um, yeah. And I mean, you also mentioned you have the safety of the pension there. I think that's even more reason to be investing because you don't have to worry like, oh, my gosh, I might have to sell my stocks at a terrible time because you have the safety of the pension. You, you have that income there. But on the other side of it, it, you also need to be investing because, as Brent mentioned, let's say you live another 25 years. Well, let's say we do have quite large inflation coming up. Well, your pension is not going to keep up with inflation there. It'd be nice to have a, another cushion that has that investment that you can pull from, you know. 15, 20 years down the road. Yeah, and, and I always tell people about building their net worth no matter how old you are because we never know what the future is going to be. And there are benefits. I don't know if you're married, single kids, or whatever you may have there, but there's other benefits as well as building your estate. But also, too, one thing that, and this actually happened for us many, many years ago, a gentleman who actually had a, a medical disease and is um, medical insurance wouldn't cover it, and he had to pull money out from his account. Now, had he not saved that money, invested that money, he may have not done it. So that's why I always say, I mean, if you're not spending the money, invest it. You've got that guaranteed pension. But let me answer the question for you, too, about Walmart. And, I, and I, I've got to look at the numbers here to see what it looks like. Can, I, can you put your Walmart stock, can you give it to someone? Is it passed? Yeah, you can You can gift it. You can donate it. You can do whatever you want with it. I mean, it's uh, what is it worth? About okay, one, cool. 146. Right. So let, let me look at the numbers. I can tell you if you should buy more Walmart or not here. Uh, again, the company is Walmart. The symbol is WMT. Uh, P.E. ratio, 29.5 versus 30.4. That's okay. Uh, price of sales, 0.7 versus 0.55. Price to book value, 7.5 versus 8.9. And then price of cash flow, 15.8, which is above the initial 9.9. So the valuation ratios for Walmart look okay. Now, the dividend you get from Walmart is 1.6. They use 45% of their earnings to pay that out. Their sales are up 6.7% year over year, above the initial 49 However, I'm surprised to see that their earnings fell by 8.7% year-over-year. Industry was down 15.6. Now, we do see a a, a good balance sheet here. Current ratio is 1, same as the industry. Debt to equity is 60 for Walmart, which is better than the industry at 83.4. Return on equity is 17.4 versus 17.1, so that is good. Net profit margin 
is 2.5 versus 1.8 so that is very good and then we have receivable turnover 87 versus 57 then inventory turnover 9.4 just under the industry at 10.5 chase what do you got for the earnings over there yeah so current price here for walmart well it's 139 dollars and 90 cents 52 week high is 153 dollars and 66 cents and that low is 117 dollars and one cent i'm sure since you bought it in 2005 it's probably done quite well but if you look out to yeah. January 2023, I do see estimated earnings per share of $5.85. Unfortunately, it would give us a target sell price of $97.11. So I hate to say it, but the time to buy more of it was 2005. Right now, it looks to be a little overpriced. I think as we kind of talked about, I think you should still look at investing, but I don't think Walmart is where you should be looking at investing that money. Okay. Well, I really appreciate you guys, uh, uh, and I listen to you all the time. I keep listening. Thanks for the information on Bitcoin. I'm definitely not buying any of that stuff. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a knucklehead buying that. I got all these young people in my family putting all their money in Bitcoin, and they don't even have decent jobs. Oh, but my anyway, God. <laughs> no, they, they work at, they're making, like, not too much money, okay? And they're, and they're putting all their money in, in, in Bitcoins, telling yeah. me that uh, uh, they're going to get ready to buy a new house. I said, where are you going to take the money to? You can't take it to Bank of America to do any real estate with it. Oh, yes, I can. I said, you better listen to this and find out. Bank of America is not going to take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, but anyway, yeah. thanks, guys. Well, well, Gary, thank you for listening for so long. And, and um, maybe we can get you to build a little portfolio here by listening to us and actually uh, get some more equities. But I, I, we can't recommend Walmart for you. You're going to buy something else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, there's a new company. I'll check it out. I'll call them next time and ask you about it. It's called Site One out of Chicago. They're buying everything up here in Southern California. Really? Well, uh, is it a public company? I wonder. I don't know. I've never heard of it. S-I-T-E. It's like an irrigation company or something. Rocks and irrigation and all kinds of stuff. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay, Gary. Thanks for calling. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. All right. That opens the phone line, 866-577-2473. That's 866 577 Two four seven three. Let's go out to Coronado and speak with John. John, you're in the Smart Investor Brent Chase. How can we help you? Yeah, hey guys. Uh, you know the stock I'm looking at is Bristol Myers. It's a uh, small holding I have. Kind of looking at selling it. The stock just really hasn't done anything in the last year or two. Yeah, and let's take a look yeah. at this. I, I know this is one that we've kind of kind of looked at because you're right. It's not done anything in a while, so. We really got to look at the numbers to see, and sometimes you have a stock that doesn't do anything for a while, and all of a sudden it moves up 50%, 60%. Like, oh, where was this company? So let's take a look at the Bristol Myers Squibb company. Symbol is BMY. No PE ratio, which is the same as the industry, and they could be reporting earnings very soon, so you want to be kind of careful things could change here. Uh, price to sales looks extremely good, 3.5 versus 11.3. Uh, price to book value, not material, versus 15 for the industry. And then we see price of cash flow, 97 versus not material for the industry. Now, they pay a decent dividend of 3%, but the dividend payout ratio is not material because they apparently do not have earnings over the last 12 months. Now, we do see that sales were up 62.6%, well above the industry at 18.3. And here could be the problem. Earnings per share fell by 282. Industry was down 26, but perhaps they took some big write-off of some bad division or bad drug or something. And that could change things going forward because it could have been giving them problems in the past. Maybe going forward, it won't. So you got to understand why their earnings were down by so much. Look at the balance sheet. you got a current ratio of 1.6 versus 3.5. I 
I'm a little bit disappointed with the debt to equity for Bristol Myers. It is 134 versus 45. And I don't like going much above 120 if they have great cash flow and they are, you know, going to be spending down the debt or, or buying down the debt. I'd be okay with it, but you really got to check that. Uh, that that worries me at 134 debt to equity. Return on equity is a negative 20 versus a negative 21.7. Net profit margin is a negative 21 versus a negative 31. And we do see receivable turnover is 6.2 above the interest of 4.8. And inventory turnover also good, 3.5 versus 2.1. Chase, what about the earnings? So current price here to begin with with Bristol-Myers is 60. Six dollars and one cent. Fifty-two week high is sixty-seven dollars and sixteen cents. And that fifty-two week low, well, that's fifty-four dollars and seven cents. I go out to December two thousand twenty-two. I see estimated earnings per share of eight dollars and four cents. It gives us a very nice target sell price of one hundred thirty-three dollars and forty-six cents. But that is on a non-gap basis. If I look at the gap numbers, it's just five dollars and thirty-six cents. So I'm very curious what this company is backing out here. And I do see for two thousand twenty on a non-gap basis, they made six dollars and forty-four cents. But on a gap basis, they lost $3.99. I am curious. I believe they acquired Celgene a few oh. years ago, and that was like a mega deal. I'm curious if they're having a few holdups with it and maybe having to write off some divisions, just, just kind of speculation on it. Um, but I, I am kind of surprised the stock price has moved up because a, a few months ago I was very intrigued by pharmaceuticals because right. they were actually trading at, I think, levels compared to like the overall market in terms of their valuations, they hadn't traded that in like 20 years. I mean, they were pretty undervalued. So I was intrigued by uh, Bristol-Myers, but the stock has moved up. I'm concerned about, I guess, that debt to equity. I, I, I don't know, John. I, I think there might be some reason to sell this here. Yeah, there could be a reason to sell it, but I, I don't think I would hit the sell button right away. I, I want to understand more about what the problems are. Uh, and, and I think you said the gap earnings were, what, $5 or something? Yeah, and that still gives us a pretty – Decent target sell price. I like believe that would give us a, a 88.97. Yeah, so so I think it's worth spending a little more time with it to understand what are their problems. Are they what I call fixable problems? And and also uh, very important, John, are they paying down that debt? Uh, because there could mm-hmm. this, this could be a sleeper here. Uh, but I, I mm-hmm. just don't know enough to say. Oh yes, it's definitely great. It requires more research. Already. Okay. Thanks for calling, John. Got it. All right. Thanks, uh, guys. You're welcome. Bye bye. All right. That opens the phone line. That's 866-577-2473. But before we go back to the calls, it is time to talk to our financial planner from Wilsey Asset Management, Harrison Johnson. Good morning, Harrison. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, guys. Doing well. How about yourself? Good, good. You got a little little financial planning tip for people here today that uh, people may not think about. We do. So today we're going to talk about uh, basically a a loan from an IRA. Um, People might think you can take loans from 401ks, um, but from an IRA, technically you're not supposed to be able to take one. However, you are allowed to take a distribution from an IRA and then you can return that within 60 days um, and there's no taxes on or penalties for doing that. Um, So it's basically a 60-day no-interest loan. It can be of any size. You can do it at any age. Um, So it's kind of like a short-term interest-free loan there. Um, Why would you want to do this? So I've had some clients in the past where they were selling a house and buying another one, and the house they're selling is an escrow, but they um, haven't got the proceeds from the sale yet, but they need to make a down payment on a new house. And so 
we can have to be very careful about this, but we can take a little bit from the IRA to make the down payment and then replenish the IRA with the proceeds from the house that they sell. Um, and so again, it's it's kind of a interest-free little, little situation there. Um, another example is last year, a lot of people were doing refinances or they were getting new mortgages. So in, in order to do that, you have to qualify for that by showing income. And so in some cases, we would take a distribution from an IRA. They would get that in their bank account. We would show that to the loan underwriters and show it as income so they could qualify for the loan. And once they're approved, then we put it back and it's it's not taxable. And there's no penalties for it. So there are certain circumstances that this could make sense. You can use this as a tool. However, you have to be very careful because if you don't put that distribution back within the 60 days, then it's taxable on the federal level, taxable on the state level. And if you're not 59 and a half, there's a 10% penalty. So you're looking at potentially over 40% in taxes and penalties um, if it's not done correctly. Also, depending on the size of the distribution that you're trying to take, if you don't have enough cash in the IRA, you might need to liquidate some positions in order to do that. And then if you do that, you miss out on the growth over that 60 days, which as we see in the last 12 months, there's been a lot of growth that you could potentially miss out on. So it's not something that should just be done um, just for any reason. Um, also, you're only allowed to do this once every 12 months. If you try to do it more than that, um, all the other distributions will be taxable and could have penalties. But it is um, it is kind of a nice tool to, to know about. Yeah, you know, and Harrison, that last one you brought up, I was just going to ask about that because I know years ago what I, people could do is you have four different IRAs. You could take from one, like, oh, that one's going to come due. So you'd borrow from the other one. You put it over there. But I guess they kind of caught wise to that because you can only do one distribution, you said, every 12 months. So, therefore, that wipes out yeah. that, that little trick they used to have. <laughs> yeah, I think they changed that in 2014 or 2015 is when they closed that loophole. So now they look at all the IRAs. And the way it is is you can have one distribution and you re- you can repay it into multiple IRAs, but it's only the one distribution that you can take. Exactly. So, yeah, they, they've closed that. <laughs> yeah, I can no longer take from one. Like, okay, I'll, I'll use this one to pay off that one and just move money around. That's but, right. <laughs> right yeah, like, they got one. Yeah, sometimes they get wise and close loopholes. I know there's some other ones out there that uh, – and I, I maybe for another time we'll, we'll talk about it where you can – and I forget what it is. You, you, you set up a Roth or something. I, I know we've done this for a couple of our clients, and maybe I'll talk to you on Monday about it because I – and Chase, you kind of look at me. Do you know what I'm talking about? Remember where backdoor we, Roth? Maybe it's a backdoor. I think, Roth. I think Harrison's talked about the backdoor. Have Roth, we talked about but, that before? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we talked about that. This is a little bit, a little bit different, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's there's lots of things that you can do, but again, there's there's so many little details that you have to understand. Like for example, what this is, it's it's an indirect rollover is the technical term for it. You can do as many direct rollovers as, as you want. That's institution to institution, but an indirect rollover is having your IRA distribution distribute cash to yourself and then you put that back into an IRA. And so last year we had a client who did this and then he did it again, which again, that second distribution in this case, it was like $100,000 was not allowed because it was in that 12 month time. But fortunately last year we also had COVID related distributions. So we were able to treat one as an indirect distribution and the other as a, a COVID distribution and put them both back so none of them will be taxable. So again, there's a lot of details that a lot of people think they know, but then they don't. And that guy's lucky because he could have had a huge tax bill without uh, without understanding all the rules. And I just realized too that they also made a, uh, I was thinking, well, if it was a calendar year, well, say it was November, you'd be fine. 
but the IRS was smart saying 12 months, not calendar year. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, and I, I think yeah, that is yeah, so important months. too yeah. because it's it's crazy that, you know, I think some people, oh, okay, I'm just going to take it out, and then they forget about the 12-month rule. So it's like you can't just do it willy-nilly, as you say. Right. you, you got to really kind of plan out and be like, am I going to need this again in 10 months? And is that more important? <laughs> like, I, I think you got to be really careful when you're using this because you forget about, as you said, 100 grand. Yeah. You're paying, depending on your tax bracket, you'd be paying forty thousand, fifty thousand dollars in Jason. That's yeah, why you yeah, want exactly. a financial planner like Harrison, because again, the financial planner will think about this, but many times people are like, Oh, I didn't think about that, you know. That's what Harrison does. Yep. Harrison, thank you very much for uh, uh great information as always today, and uh, we'll see you on Monday. Sounds good, guys. See you Monday. All right, bye bye. All right, again, that's Harrison Johnson, our financial planner. Again, he's on a salary. Uh, we do charge a fee for financial planning, so it's unbiased. Uh, he doesn't sell any product. If you want to have a free consultation with Harrison, call the office, 858-546-4306. That's 858-546-4306. And Chase, and I j- it just happened again this past week. We are taught to uh, a client who referred somebody to Harrison, and the guy was saying, oh, no, I, I, I don't need that. I know, so. I, I know all this. And he talked to Harrison afterwards, like, wow, there's a lot of things I didn't know. I mean, if you think you know it all, you know, you, there's, there, you just don't spend every day a week. I mean, Harrison does so much reading and understanding the, the, the rules and everything. Well, as you just said, that loophole closed in 2015. If you're not staying up to date on those loopholes, you might have <laughs> known back in 2012, like you were on top of it. And all of a sudden it's like, well, I haven't been staying on top of it. So yep. that's the nice thing about Harrison is he's staying on top of all the rules yep. where you're not going to make those mistakes. Well, oh, I didn't know they changed that. And you could put yourself in a bind. And it's kind of funny because we love reading, you know, the financial reports and the, the conference calls and all that stuff on the companies. Harrison loves reading all that, that stuff on the regulations and on the tax laws and, and the financial planning and all that. other. I mean, that's what he does. He loves doing that. Yep. So. All righty. Phone number is 866-577-2473. That's 866-577-2473. Let's go out to La Mesa and speak with Thomas. Thomas, you're on the Smart Vegetable Brand. Chase, how can we help you? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. How you doing? Very good. Thanks for the show. Uh, my question is about LO Flooring, uh, formerly known as Lumber Liquidators. Mm-hmm. I've got a pretty sizable position in it, about 4,000 shares, around $8 buying cost on average. Um, I've noticed the stock has been kind of waning recently. I'm trying to figure out what, whether or not I want to hold on to it for the long term. I have noticed... Uh, uh, it quite a bit recently, so I'd like your opinion. All right, we'll take a look at that. And lumber liquidators, I'm glad I've not seen this in a long time. I know, gosh, I want to say, was it five, ten years ago? They're on 60 Minutes. Like and five got, years, yeah. Was it five years, and they destroyed. I thought, gosh, this would be a great time to buy this company because I thought they'd, they'd make it through it. So now it's kind of nice to fast forward five years and see what it looks like uh, now because it's, it's just it could still be a great company. Yeah, so, gosh, I remember that thing just fell like a rock. It was like formaldehyde or something was yes, found in there. Yes. And it was way overpriced. I mean, I think I was trading at $60, $70 a share, which was way overpriced. Good example of why you shouldn't buy companies at a high price. Never know what's going to happen because, again, they got hit with that 60-minute story. They dropped dramatically. So let's take a look at the numbers here on Lumber Liquidators Holdings. Symbol is LL. Got a good start here, Thomas. P.E. ratio 11.3 versus 93. Price of sales looks good, 0.6 versus 1.6. Price to book value of 3.2 versus 22. And the price of cash flow is 8.7 versus 16.5. Now, they do not pay a dividend. Uh, their sales are up only 0.5% versus 
when the industry was up 6.3. And this surprises me because I thought it was doing remodeling. Why are their sales not doing better? Now, look at their earnings. I do see their earnings were up 554%, industry up 49. But I'm still kind of concerned why sales did not go up more during this home rebuild uh, environment that we're in. Look at the balance sheet. I got a good balance sheet here. Current ratio is 1.8 versus 1.4. Debt to equity only 44 versus 63. Return to equity very good, 32.5 versus 10. And net profit margin checks in at 5.7 versus 1.7. Receivable turnover is 70.6 versus 32. And inventory turnover, now this could be a problem, only 2.5 versus 3.8. I would like to have it higher than the industry average. And I, I thought for a, a company like this, a flowing company would be a lot higher. Chase, what do you got over there? Yeah, so current price here for lumber liquidators is $24.31. 52-week high is $35.10. And 52-week low, wow, $5.26. Now, I was looking at a long-term chart of lumber liquidators just because I thought it'd be interesting to kind of look back yeah. at, at the issues they had. And in 2013, it was trading about $115 a share, it looks wow. like, on the chart. But I don't think that's when the formaldehyde issues came in. Because I remember it was like basically when I first started working in 2015. I remember right. that was one of the first issues right. we, we looked at. And then it did fall in 2015 to around $63 a share. So I think that was just natural price yeah. depression from, oh, my gosh, this company's way overpriced. Yep. But then the formaldehyde <laughs> story came in, and they fell to like – I think they fell under 10 yes. if I recall correctly. So it – it was an interesting time period, but now it's back at 24. So if you bought during the problems, you, you might have done pretty well on it. Yep. But we'll talk about now going forward because you can't go in the past. And right. that, that'd be uh, easy investing philosophy if you can know exactly what's going to happen in the future. So let's look at December 2022. I see estimated earnings per share of $1.54. Would give us a target sell price of $25.56. So it is getting kind of close there, I think. They are going to benefit. I mean, we know a lot of people have been remodeling their homes. New homes are putting in flooring, of course. So I, I like the business they're in, but they're getting close to that target sell price. And you know what uh, is surprising me, uh, Thomas and Chase, is that we have a flooring company in our portfolio. And it's up, I want to say, what, 200%? I mean, it, it's up dramatically from their low. Um, and their sales are phenomenal. I mean, everything's fine on them. The, the, there's something here, Thomas, that, that I feel we're missing because – during this time frame, I mean, I mean, our company, our flooring company, I, I don't know off the top of my head what their sales are, but I know they're very good. Why is Lumber Liquidator only up 0.5% year over year? What, did they miss this whole market? I mean, I don't, uh, their low again, though, was $5.26. So yeah. they've exploded right. off the low. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's true. Okay. That's so, a huge return. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I do agree, though, that the one year time frame is kind of strange. I, I don't know if we'd have to look apples to apples on our flooring company. Yeah, and, and the thing it could be is that yeah. Lumber Liquidators just does, I believe, uh, which would be very important to check, Thomas, what is their actual product. They just maybe do wood flooring where our company does carpeting and wood flooring, does it for residential and commercial. Yeah. So you really want to understand, right. Thomas, what this business does a little bit more maybe too. Right. And, and a secondary question if you guys got a second. Sure. Uh, uh, one of the things I noticed on some of the financial websites, uh, for instance, Yahoo Finance, uh, they have reported their uh, being LL's uh, quarterly numbers last year or last quarter incorrectly. And it's been up there for the almost the entire quarter. So they post um, revenues of $1.06. And it's across the board, almost every single financial institution has it correctly as 106. However, Yahoo uh, continually 
post a number which is incorrect at 40 cents. My question to you is, how does that affect the algorithms or those those computer systems that scan the internet for data and then use that data to make decisions? Well, I, I guess I'm surprised that uh, Yahoo has it that incorrectly for, for that long. Um, I mean, this is one reason too why we do actually check, you know, that when they report the earnings and so forth. Um, I I really can't answer that question because you're right. There's people probably going to Yahoo Finance and saying, "Oh, the earnings are this," which they're incorrect. Um, right. It, it could it, it has to throw things off somewhat, but I don't know how much we people use Yahoo Finance. I mean, we're kind of getting away from Yahoo Finance. We're using what Seeking Alpha. We use Thomson Reuters. We use other ones. Yahoo Finance has had. I know before in the past, I've, I've looked on Yahoo and somebody's like, oh, this company pays a dividend. And I looked and Yahoo Finance showed, it was actually General Motors years ago, it showed them paying no dividend. I'm like, yeah, they, they don't pay a dividend now. now. But back then, it's like, yeah, they pay a dividend. It's not showing on Yahoo. So I, I've seen bad numbers on Yahoo in the past. Um, but as Brent said, we do kind of check a lot of different sources to make sure our numbers are good. But I, I think that's an interesting point with the computer algorithms. I, 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 don't, I don't know how they, they yeah. kind of factor it that into the equation. Yeah, and I, I know that Yahoo Finance, they get it from uh, Thomson Reuters is where they get it, uh, who is the main company that does it. But um, I, I don't know why. I can't answer why, Thomas, that uh, Yahoo has never fixed it because someone had to complain to them. But I, uh, I have. <laughs> you have. And no response, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> with no response. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's time to move away from Yahoo Finance, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. All right, Thomas. Uh, any other questions there? No, that was it. Thank you very much. All right. Well, thanks for calling. You have a great one. You too. Bye-bye. So You're I was just talking at the beginning of the show that you never get stumped, and here you go. You got stumped. I did. <laughs> I did. What, what should they do? Uh, yeah. I, it wasn't really an investment question. No, I know. Yeah, it was more of a... It's, it's more of a technology question. That that's way outside our realm. <laughs> that's outside our realm. Yeah. So, but again, I just want to point out what people say. Oh, you know, Amazon and this is, is so great. Here is another company had a high of what one twenty? How many years ago? Six years ago. Two thousand thirteen. Yeah. And and now it's at twenty. Yeah. You know, I mean, this does happen. Some things just people wake up and realize, like, oh, this is ridiculous. Why am I paying this? Uh, the the future didn't go as well as we thought it was going to go. We uh, talked about 3D printer. We haven't talked about those in a while. But oh, yeah. Similar situation where it's, yeah. it's oh, my gosh. And uh, those charts are funny to look at because it's a big spike, and then it's like, shoom, drops way down. And it's like, <laughs> oh, wow. Yikes. Yeah, something else there. So uh, we, we should look at 3D printers sometime and see what it looks like. Are they? Does anybody even use a 3D printer? I, I don't even know them. They were such a big thing. I, I thought they, like, they still use them, I thought. I, I don't know. They were going to replace everything. Yeah. what they're going to do. They were going to replace manufacturing. Oh, you can, you can use a printer to build a car. Remember? <laughs> so. Yeah, that's – oh, I, right. I pulled it up real quick. I think we have a little bit of time. Current price here is 22 Ex- and it, it went up to about $100 a share back in 2013. Yeah. So I'm glad you got that in. All righty. Uh, stay tuned for the second hour of the Smart Investing Show. We'll be back. Phone lines are open 866-577-2473. 866-577-2473. Coming next is our, our tour. I want to talk about Intel. We'll talk about that. So stay with us. We'll be back.
All righty, welcome back to the second half of the Smart Invention Show. Wow, well, that music kind of picked me up there and get me going for the next hour here. <laughs> We're rocking it. and rolling. I yes, like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I, I think maybe we can keep that one already. Yeah. This guy, Brendan, he needs a pay raise. He does a great <laughs> job on everything he does for us. And he's, yeah. such a, he's so happy every time we see him. We greet him like, hey, guys. You know, I mean, he just does a lot of research. Um, I'm happy till we talk about Tesla. Then, yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'll throw my Tesla card out. The there way. we go. And 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 also too, should we talk about uh, NAU versus uh, what Montana was State? Montana. No, no, no. Let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about financing and stocks. Okay, we'll go there then. Alrighty, phone number is eight six six five seven seven two four seven three. That's eight six six five seven seven two four seven three. And as promised, where's this at? Lomita. Uh, let's go to Lamita and speak with Arturo. Arturo, you're yes. on the best show, Brent Chase. How are we going to help you? Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. And where is My Lo- question wait, is wait, 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 about... Wait, 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 Arturo, where's Lomita at? Next to Torrance. Oh, okay. Torrance, California. Okay, cool. okay, good. Yeah. Okay. By Long Beach. All righty. Yeah. My question is Intel. It uh, has been taking a beating, mm-hmm. you guys know, from uh, 68 dollars to way down especially this last week however uh, you know biden is pumping a lot of money uh billions of dollars into the chip shortage mm-hmm. and intel is also building some i guess not the headquarters but in new buildings for the next two years and i'm just looking to uh maybe invest for the next i'm not even looking for next year Keep invest in uh, for the next five years. Yeah, well, that that's the right thing to say. We're going to say the next year. I said, I want to be. No, I may no. not want to do it, but but again, they they are building. I think they're putting twenty billion dollars. I believe somewhere in Arizona for manufacturing. So yes, yes, that's a big problem. So so that's a good positive for for Intel. Uh, we did see their earnings, and you said you don't hold it. You're looking at buying it, correct? Yes, to buying it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we did see the earnings call. We did see what what happened and so forth. Um, kind of surprised by it. But again, this could be a buying opportunity. So, so let's look at the numbers at Intel. Now, I just when did they report? Was it Thursday, Chase? Thursday, yeah, uh, Thursday yeah. afternoon. I mean, Reuters didn't update the numbers yet. I'm still showing December here. So. Sometimes it takes a little time. Yeah, yeah, they just did. They just did, and all the uh, technology companies went up except them. <laughs> and I think there's just this history of Intel, and it's gone for years to where I think they report earnings, and it naturally just seems to go down, creating a buying opportunity. Um, so let's look at the numbers. And again, keep in mind, these are numbers using December 31, uh, of, of 2020. Uh, the, the new numbers have not been released yet. So you may want to call back next week with, with new numbers, but we'll, we can work with these here. Coming again is Intel Incorporated, uh, symbols INTC. Good start here. PE ratio 12.7 versus 36 for the industry. Price of sales 3.3 versus 6.5. Price to book value, 5.6 versus 23. And price to cash flow, also extremely good at 7.9 versus 20.2. Now, you get a 2.2% dividend with Intel. They only use 26% of their earnings to pay that out. We see sales were up 8.2%, just under the industry at 10.4. However, earnings per share climbed by 4.6% above the industry at 1.5. Now, Intel has a great balance sheet, got a current ratio of 1.9 versus 2.3, and debt to equity only 45 below the industry at 64. Return on equity for Intel is 26 versus 18. Net profit margin for Intel is 26.8, well above the industry at 16.8. 
Receivable turnover is 10.8 versus 8.2. And inventory turnover, one of the few things not as good as the industry at 4, but not much below the industry at 4.7. Chase, what about the earnings? Yeah, so current price here for Intel, $59.24. 52-week highs, $68.49. And 52-week low, plus $43.61. I go out to December 2022. I see estimated earnings per share of $4.55. We'll give you a target sell price at $75.53, and that might come down a little bit next week, depending on what analysts are thinking. But I, I don't know if it will. It, it was such an interesting quarter because Intel beat yeah. on sales, beat on earnings, also boosted their guidance. All good news. The, the issue was that they missed on data centers. Right. And that's why they have a diversified business. I mean, that, right. that's why they have different areas and so forth. I, I think this is a, a, a good opportunity to get into the company. You did mention how they're investing a lot of money into the, the fabrication, the manufacturing and ships. I mean, you're talking about we have a shortage now, but we want to expand into all these other things. are going to use more <laughs> chips. That's going to be a big problem. And, and they said the shortage is <laughs> going to last for two years. I was curious why you were thinking that perhaps they would cut the earnings going forward. I was just thinking because they, they reported earnings and then right. – if analysts thought it was a bad quarter, they might bring down those yeah. estimated earnings next week. But as I said, they boosted guidance, so I yeah. don't think that'll happen. Yeah, I don't think it'll happen. I, I think it should be higher. So, um, you, you know, here, Otero, uh, I think this is a, a buying opportunity for Intel. They're, they're down, uh, what, 15%, I guess, from, from their high. Uh, you're in a great business. Uh, chips are in shortage right now. It's going to take two years to get this fixed. Uh, Intel, I, f I forget, I think they put billions and billions of dollars to R&D. They're kind of the lagger compared to all the hype of the other ones, like NVIDIA and so forth. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a good long-term investment. You mentioned five years. Uh, based on what we're seeing now, and again, you, we watch this. We read all the quarterly conference calls. We read all the stuff on the businesses. Um, I think in five years you'll be very happy if nothing changes. And they got that new CEO. Yeah, and I, I think the big thing is Intel's not going to be like AMD or NVIDIA yeah. a few years ago where it just goes up tremendously. But you get a nice, you know, over 2% dividend. I, I think this is a company you could do like that 8, 10, 12% average yeah. that we talk about. It, yeah. It's just a, a fundamentally sound business that I don't think is going to go anywhere. And I, I think now when everybody dislikes Intel, I think that's the time to be looking at buying it. Exactly. Already? I'm just, I'm just following your advice. You guys always advise us invest investors, not daily traders, not swing traders. Exactly. But and that's invest. how you do well over, over time, by buying businesses at a lower price. And don't worry. I mean, who knows? On Monday, the stock could drop more, could go up. I mean, but where is it going to be five years from now? I, I think Intel will be much higher five years from now. I think so too. Yeah. I, I'll do up on my money into it. All right, Otoro. Have a good one. Thank you very much. You're you welcome. Too. All righty, that does open the phone line, 866-577-2473. That's 866-577-2473. Uh, we haven't done anything on Facebook lately. I, I, I think maybe we should go to uh, Facebook. Uh, we've got uh, two. Do you see the Facebook ones? Yeah. You want? Why don't you pick them? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see uh, what Jason wants to talk about here. It's uh, VVOS is the, the name of the company. It's called Vivos Therapeutics. Um, and he says, uh, if you have time, uh, analyze VVOS. Think of it as a sleep apnea cure. Uh, currently, it's the only thing to cure, not treat sleep apnea, which 50% of people suffer from. That's interesting. I know it's a pretty prominent yeah. issue. And I know <laughs> you got those giant masks Mask that on. people wear and it's pump going in to make sure <laughs> so hey this could be a, a pretty interesting thing yeah i, I said don't see how you can sleep with that thing on i know i that'd be so hard because 
But he does say it's like braces, but for sleep apnea, dentists are selling this as a service and should start making money by 2024. Did you say dentists are selling this service? That's what it looks like. Yeah, that's what he said. So I don't know. I mean, well, I guess we'll see. Okay, well, well let's take a look at uh, Vivo's Therapeutics Incorporated, symbol is VVOS. Unfortunately, no PE ratio versus 49 for the industry. Price of sales are expensive, 10.7 versus 7.8. Price to book value, 10 compared to 128 for the industry. So that's positive, but no price of cash flow. Now we do see that sales are up 14.7% year over year, just under the industry at 15.9. Earnings per share fell by 5.7% when the industry climbed by 38%. We do see a current ratio of 2.6 above the industry at 2.4. Debt to equity, very good. 7.6 versus 43.8. Now I see no return on equity because I don't believe they have any equity, unfortunately. Uh, net profit margin, a negative 92 versus positive 15.9. No receivable, no inventory turnover. Uh, I do see this company is probably like a, a, a growth with this sleep apnea cure. Uh, what do you see? Any earnings going forward? Yeah, I mean, Jason does point out here too that uh, would it be okay to have fun money, speculative, to gamble <laughs> in it? So... Um, I think Jason knows by now by listening to the show for so long that we don't gamble we on don't stocks, gamble. but it's up to you. We always tell right. people if you want to gamble a little bit of money, yeah, go for it. You know, yeah. <laughs> but you just understand it's a gamble, not an investment. Because if if you look at uh, Vivos here, the, the current price is seven dollars and sixty five cents. It does have a fifty two week low of five sixty four and a high of fourteen forty one. So I mean, it's all over the place, which isn't surprising, especially since it's one hundred forty one dollar. Excuse me, not $141, $141 million market cap. Right. So pretty small there. Uh, and I can't give a target sell price because there's no estimated earnings going forward. So I don't know. I, I mean, it's an interesting theory right. on sleep apnea. It's definitely trying to address a pretty common issue. But uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's a gamble. So if you want to gamble for it, Jason, roll the dice. And if I was going to gamble, on this right here, I would want to look to see, well, who else is working on this? Is yeah. there somebody else competing Is with Pfizer it? coming out with yeah. one? Yeah. It, because that could be the thing. Like, they spend all their money. They got a great balance sheet, by the way. But they could spend all their money trying to get to this. And all of a sudden, Pfizer, Biogen, somebody there. Bristol Myers. Bristol Myers. <laughs> yeah. We got to think the same way there. Uh, come out with, like, and they just blow them away because they're so much bigger. Or what they could do, it could actually, they could buy this company as well, which would be a positive. But they could also wipe the company out. Yeah. I mean, small biotech <clears throat> companies, I mean, they are your purest form of gambling in the stock market because yep. you can either make a thousand percent or lose everything. Yep. I mean, it, it is truly gambling. <laughs> and and what what I you know people say, oh well, you know why don't you just you know put in one percent or five percent or something? You know what difference does it make? Well, because again, my feeling is you put in one percent. All right, so it doubles or triples. Okay, it's not going to move your really portfolio that much. If you put in five percent to gamble. Well, now that could have a factor. And if you start getting that mentality, say you do that two, three, four times, and you lost three, four times. Well, now you've lost 20% of your portfolio. Now it's going to take you years to make that up. So I'm just not a gambler. If you want to do it because you have some connection to the company, maybe you have sleep apnea. Like, well, you know what? Okay, so maybe it'll make me feel good because I, I own the company that fixed my problem. Yeah. You know, But for investment, I, I would never speculate on this or any company because – if you just do a little bit, who cares if you doubled it because <laughs> you didn't move your, move your portfolio? I know. It, it, it's <clears throat> it's interesting. And I was talking to Harrison, uh, like in our financial planner, yesterday about uh, like gambling. And, and when I was in college, we used to go to the casino. 
And it's so funny because people, oh, well, you missed out on Bitcoin. It's right. up like 70% year to date. Well, I mean, think about it. Sometimes I go to the casino, I start with $100, and one time I left with $1,000. Yeah. Wow. That is a phenomenal return <laughs> in just five hours. You should just gamble all of your money at the casino. Why would you need to buy anything That's else, right. right? That's why, I mean, gambling is crazy. And, and when you don't invest, you speculate, you could kind of break things down into, yep. oh, I should have done this, I should have done that. That's why I don't like to gamble. It's just, I don't, there's no rhyme or reason to it. <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking, we have so many fun conversations at the office. <clears throat> we should sell tickets. People come by watching and pick up what we say because we say a lot of good things. We do try to use them on the air many times as well, but it's just, that's what we do. I mean, we're not out there on the golf course. We're not, you know, I mean, we're in the office talking, researching. Uh, we probably only see, I'm going to say on average, maybe three, maybe four people a week because we spend a lot of time talking to our clients or doing research or having conversations about what we see, about what's happening, what's going to happen. So um, maybe we can sell tickets, make some money. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Okay. I, I, I don't know about that one. All right. Let's move on. Uh, phone number is 866-577-2473. 866-577-2473. Let's go out to Alpine and speak with uh, Jim. Jim, you're on the Smart, Smart Investing Show. Brent Chase, how can we help you? Uh, just the usual, guys. Information. Just good, good information like you always give. Well, thank you. We appreciate uh, that. Uh, it's likewise, Iguamente, as we say here in North Tijuana. Uh, <laughs> anyway, listen, you helped me with this question a couple of years ago, and I couldn't convince my partners to sell the building. I'm asking you the same question again. I have a building with Brightview BV as a tenant, and I'm wondering about the possibilities of then being able to come up with $10 million bucks to buy the building that they're a tenant in right now. So, uh, uh, you give me some idea what their balance sheet is, what their cash flow is, uh, okay. you know, things like that. So, so let me get this straight. Sort of so you have a building for sale, and you're asking this right. Brightview Holdings, do you do they have enough, you think, to buy your building? Is that what you're kind of asking? Yeah, exactly. They're my tenant. Okay. And, uh, you know, and they like the building, and, uh, you know, and I'm just using that as a possible buyer of the building. Are they up for it? Okay. Well, what we'll do a little bit different yeah. here, I'll look at the balance sheet. Chase, maybe you can look at the cash flow statement. Great. Yeah. I need the ticker symbol. Oh, you need a signal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> BV. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. The company is a Brightview holding. Symbol is BV. Yep. Uh, so uh, just looking at the balance sheet here really quick, we see they do have uh, cash and short-term investments, $81 million. Now, that is uh, actually up from a year ago. They only had $10 million, so the cash is growing. Uh, they do have total receivables of $420 million. That looks good. Um, looking at uh, another thing I'd be concerned about is their intangible assets. Oh, well, they do have goodwill of $1.9 billion. That's, that's pretty high. Uh, that would kind of worry me a little bit if I was looking at this company. Uh, their assets have I'm guessing it's because they. I'm guessing it's because they probably bought a lot of smaller landscaping companies, which is what they do. Yeah, and, and that could very well be it. Yes, yes, and that's what they kind of do, which could cause them problems. But in reality, if you're selling your building, you really don't care. No. Once they give you that cash. Now, again, if you're going to let them finance it, that's a whole different story. That's what I'd be a little bit worried about. If they're going to say, oh, well, we'll pay you X amount nope. for the next 10 years. That, I don't think would be a good nope. thing. No, you're not going to do that. Just just pay me the cash. Right? Right. Yep. Or they can go to the bank and get a loan. 
Yeah, and that, that's true. That, that's right. Uh, well, their their debt their debt's about one point three billion. I mean, it's not too bad. Their their equity is one point two billion. I mean, the balance sheet looks okay. I I, I think, I, and I don't know if you want to give how much you're selling the building for. Yeah, like ten million. Ten million. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't see a problem with that. Chase, what kind of cash flow do they have? Yeah, I mean, because I was just looking. I mean, Brent kind of talked about the debt and the equity. I mean, debt to equity, eighty nine percent. I mean, they could leverage themselves a little bit for ten million dollars. It's not going to necessarily damage their their balance sheet by any means. And they got cash on there. I, I don't. I would finance the building if I was buying it with interest rates where yeah. they're at. But, yeah. Um. You know, that, cool. that's kind of up to their decisions. I look at cash flow though. I mean, last year cash from operations in 2020 they generated 245 million. So they do have substantial cash flow. And even if you look at you know cash from investing activities, it's you know capital expenditures, the acquiring of businesses. I mean, they still even after that did over 100 million in terms of cash. Uh, so their free cash flow, I guess in theory, would be still about 200 million dollars. So they right. they have plenty of cash. I I think it, it is a company that that has the capability to buy the right. building for 10 million and it is kind of funny too i, I noticed the cash flow does seem to come in the last six months of the year because for the first quarter or let me see what well, let me see I'm looking at it. yeah yeah uh their fiscal year so they're not the calendar year but, but like their first quarter it was five million dollars and you're right last year they did uh 245 million but last year a year from now they did 7.3 so it seems to be that their cash flow is back-ended for some reason which i can't answer that question but um yeah, it seems like just the, the first quarter is not strong, and then the last three quarters, they, they do really well. They, so. they, yeah, they pick up quite a bit, yeah. So, But, uh, yeah, I mean, Jim, I, I see no reason why I would not sell this company. I, I think they're worth talking to. They, they've got the cash, and, and if you just say, yeah, give me the $10 million and you guys can have it, you know, then, and then I guess you'll be calling us to invest the $10 million is what's probably going to happen, right? Well, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, when you, I'll call Chase. <laughs> oh, <there laughs> <we go. laughs> I, I, I made you speechless there. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, it's just one that, that uh, yeah, I would not be worried about it. I would definitely be dealing with, with, with these guys. All righty. All righty. Well, excellent, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Keep up the excellent work, and uh, we'll chat. I got another one to ask you, but I'll ask you that one next week. All right. We'll be here, and, Jim, good luck with the, uh, the sale there. All right. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Yeah. Bye-bye. All righty. That opens up the phone line, 866-577-2473. That's 866-577-2473. Let's go out to San Diego and speak with Ted. Ted, you're on the Smart Vest Show, Brent Chase. How can we help you? Hey, yes, sir. How you doing? Oh, hold on a second. Just a sec. Sure. Sorry, I'm in line at Costco. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I thought maybe that's an important It's a little while to get to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll just sit and wait. You want to do your transaction at Costco? Go ahead. We'll, we, we can wait. Anyway, you have to <laughs> no, I'm good. I had a flat last night. You're trying to get it fixed. So, sorry. <laughs> that's all right. You got things Everything happened. I was sitting there every hunky dory. Okay, thanks. Are you at Costco right now getting your tire fixed? Is that what you're doing? Yes, sir. Okay, well, I guess we're giving Costco no, no, a little bit of I'm a good. promo here. Okay, so. <laughs> okay, let me go out back. Okay, okay, I got a minute now. <laughs> we got a minute? Okay. Should we talk to anyway. the tire repairman? He has <laughs> <any> questions. <laughs> well, I came out this morning and was totally flat, so I had to call AAA and get that switched and then get over here to get this fixed. And, 
you know, you want to be one of the first five in the rotation. Otherwise, you wait three hours right. <laughs> to get the tires fixed. So, and I, you know, I'm here. It doesn't open till 10, but they opened way early this morning. And I was listening to the Alpine guy, and I go, oh, that's interesting. And boom. So, anyway, um, Marvell. I've had it for a while, M-R-V-L. It's a 5G company. Mm-hmm. And I think they're fairly prominent in the industry, but uh, I wanted to see what you – I have a, a decent profit, but I was looking a little more long-term. I don't know why, but my screen is blank. Uh, and I know I think they're t- uh, not a U.S. company. I know this company. I don't know why yeah. it's not coming up. It's a little, Chase, what do you got? Good. I, uh, oh, Interesting. I have the numbers, but yeah, the industry comparison and everything is not available. Yeah. You know if they recently reported really? earnings there, Ted? Mm, I don't. Well, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, I didn't see anything, but I've been kind of busy the last couple of weeks doing stuff, so I haven't quite kept up with things yeah, that I normally do. But MRVL is not coming up, huh? Well, it comes up, but... For some reason, the, the data is the not data, there yeah. on the company comparison. And no comparison. For some reason, this company didn't make the grade this week, but uh, you, you got the earnings going. Right <laughs> right. I can kind of give you I can give you the target sell price and stuff, so I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give you what we have. And I'm going to say, Ted, this is not your day. You got a flat tire. You call up <laughs> your company. We got no information for you. You need to go home and go to bed. <laughs> start over. <laughs> I got well, up five, five to start getting this thing rolling this morning. <laughs> well, let me get you what I have here. And the current price for uh, Marvell Technology, 46 dollars 10 cents 52 week highs 55 dollars and 70 cents and 52 week low well that's 24 dollars and 98 cents i go out to january 2023 i do see estimated earnings per share of a dollar and 78 cents would give us a target sell price unfortunately at 29 dollars and 55 cents so it is a little expensive i know you mentioned they're in 5g i think it could just be the hype around oh 5g 5g it could do well but it's definitely more i think of a growth story the value is just not there in terms of their, their valuation ratios. You know, I bought it in the low thirties, so um, it's doing fairly well, but I didn't know if, uh, you know, the growth, there's a lot of competition in 5g now. So, yeah. Yep. And, and, and I'd say if the market's room today, the way your day is going, you should sell it. When you come up with more information, that maybe you buy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would say give us a call back next week and, and see. I, okay. I, don't, I don't know why Reuters doesn't have the comparison, but uh, well, well, Chase, what was the target sell price and current price now? I, I, you, you always do this to I me. know, because I, cause I forget. I, I always move it. It was like 30 something the current price is 46.10 and the target sell price is uh 29.55 29 oh yeah so yeah, I, so. as i said it's, it's yeah. overvalued it's overvalued okay yeah so i mean based overvalued on, yeah okay. based on that i probably say sell it and and um you know and there's other good companies out there and not a lot but um this is a time that you might want to take those profits i don't know how much you have cash in your portfolio and just kind of be patient with things you know yeah so all right ted Thank you for your help. You're welcome. Good luck with the tire change. Thank you. Love listening to you. All right. Thank you. Thanks for being there. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. That opens up the phone line, 866-577-2473. That's 866-577-2473. I was thinking about, should we do another Facebook? I see Susan on Facebook had a question. 
um, uh, on uh, Middlesex Water Company. I've never heard of this company. Do you have any notes on what she? Uh, no, said? Brendan, I, I don't see that one. Could you? Yeah, Brendan. She up. just said thoughts on M S E X. That was it. So okay. that was it. Okay. So good luck, guys. Okay. Well, I, well it, it it came up, and and uh, I I must make a little comment about that symbol. Just I, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be something different. Middlesex. <laughs> I was afraid. Are we gonna get it into the X rated zone here? But no, I guess not. So it, it, it is a true company. Middlesex Water Company symbol is M S E X. Uh, PE ratio thirty eight point seven versus forty one. Uh, price to sales ten point four versus seven. Price to book value four point two. That is below the initial five point four. And then cash flow is at uh, price to cash flow is twenty five versus twenty two. So valuation ratio is nothing great, but nothing really bad. Uh, they do pay a one point three percent dividend. Use forty seven percent of the earnings to pay that out. Uh, sales are actually up 5.2% year over year for the last 12 months, about a third of the industry growth at uh, 15.2. We see earnings per share climb by 8.4, about half the industry at 15.4. Uh, the balance sheet, we got a current ratio here, kind of bothers me. It's 0.6, but the whole industry is at 0.65, so not a very liquid industry here, even though it appears to be a water company. Couldn't pass that pun up there. Uh, we do see debt to equity is 81.1. That is below the industry at 125. Return to equity is 11.4 versus 9. And then a net profit margin checks in very good at 27 versus 17. Inventory turnover 13.4 versus 8. And receivable turnover 10.7. Slightly above the industry at 10.3. What about the earnings, Chase? Yeah, I did look up the, the company because I was just intrigued and in, in what they did. And yeah. They are obviously a water company, yep. but they uh, own and operate regulated water utility and wastewater system. So I, I do wonder if they, with the type of cash flow these companies generate, if they kind of push the boundaries a little bit more on their, their liquidity because they know that they have the customers coming in and so forth. So that, that's just a speculation. I, I thought you were going to say because they have other liquidity. Oh, no, you already used the pun, so you, you can't repeat it. Oh, come on. It's <laughs> all water under the bridge. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, looking here at, uh, again, Middlesex Water Company, the current price is $84.37. It is right near its 52-week high of $85.92. And 52-week low is $58.11. I go out to December 2022. I see estimated earnings per share of $2.42 would give us a target sale price of $40.17. So I, I know we've looked at water companies for years yeah. and it, they just continue yeah. to be a little pricey. And we want to buy one because I know that, you know, there's going to be a water problem in the future and these companies should do well. But I think everybody knows that. And therefore, you can't get a good price on one. So we need one of these water companies to have some type of a, a fixable problem. That the the stock would drop, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 percent. We can step in because I think they're a great investment, but not these price. You could have another lumber liquidators, where it's a 120, it goes all the way down to six. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I would not be buying this price. I think it's a great concept to get in the water. Um, you know, but who knows? Maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm they, all maybe wet. They, <laughs> I was gonna say maybe they have like a spill because they do the wastewater and maybe yeah. they have a spill or something. I don't want to wish that upon anybody, yeah. but you know that's a fixable problem where yeah. you know that's where it could present an opportunity. And you know we didn't end up, end up buying it, but like PCG, PG and E, when they had the fires and, and all the issues up there, yeah. I mean they had to go BK. Like, yeah. You know that was terrible. Um, so just because it's utility doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be completely safe and, and not that i see a recession coming up i mean maybe 2003 2004 
2023, 2024. <laughs> going back uh, in time. Right, going back in time. Um, because this is the type of company that I think would do well during a downturn. And, yeah. and right now, they've just been brought up with everybody else. So I, I, I just going to pass on here on this one. So Susan, not a buy. Yep. So, all righty. Phone number is 866-577-2473. That's 866-577-2473. Let's go up to San Marcos and speak with Bill. Bill, you're on the Smart Vegetable with Brent Chase. How can we help you? Hey, guys. I uh, spoke to you last week um, about – buying companies that had a recent string of bad news and we and you guys shared your thoughts on wells fargo another one that i purchased over the summer was ge and i really like the the work that uh the new ceo larry culp has done mm-hmm. um I've, I've thought of a sell price between 15 and 20 and i know they've been hovering in that 13 range lately let me know your thoughts on them and do you still see more upside with all the divesting they've been doing and I think we mentioned a few weeks ago about them doing that reverse split, which yep. we were not really thrilled about. Um, I'm not sure why they're doing it. Maybe getting more hedge funds or something else. But that kind of soured me on it. But, but I'm, I'm excited. You're going to have to come up with a new target sell price because the price is going to change, but yes. the value necessarily won't. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so let's look at the numbers here to see it. I, I, I believe, I, you know, I'm, I'm, well, let's look at the numbers yeah. and I'll come up with my answer afterwards. Coming again is a General Electric, symbol is GE. Uh, we got a P.E. ratio of 22.7, which is uh, good compared to the industry, not material. Uh, price to sales, 1.5 versus 2. Price to book value, 470 versus not material. So I, obviously, they still have a lot of intangible assets on the balance sheet. We do see a price to cash flow, 10.6 versus 84. So that's a positive. Now, their dividend is only 0.3%. And what's surprising is they use 19% of their earnings to pay out such a small dividend. We do see sales were down 16.4% year over year. Industry fell by 3.7. However, earnings per share for GE climbed by 8,649. Industry fell by 104. But again, you want to ask, how can you climb your earnings by 8,000% when your sales are down? There has to be something with accounting or something going on there that you want to understand how they can do that. Look at the balance sheet. Current ratio 1.6 versus 1.5. Debt to equity is 211 versus one. Uh, 137. So that scares me quite a bit right there, 211. Uh, return on equity is 16.4 versus a negative 1.3. Net profit margin, very good, 7.2 versus 0.5. And we see receivable turnover is 3.4 versus 4.4. Inventory turnover 3.6 above the initiative 2.3 for the last 12 months. That's a positive. Chase, what do you got for the earnings? Yeah, so current price here for GE, $13.55, 52-week high, $14.42, and 52-week low, $5.48. Now I go out to December 2022, and I see estimated earnings per share of $0.51. Cents. Unfortunately, it gives a target sell price at $8.47. And, you know, when GE was having the problems and the collapse, and I think Culp's doing a great job as well. He's but a great CEO. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's done a phenomenal job with it. But the numbers just never justified us investing into it. So we, we never pulled the trigger on it. And it, it's such a complicated business as yeah. well. I mean, that was really our holdup on it is you're right. They are divesting a lot of it. But there was just so many different types of businesses. I, I'm not sure necessarily what direction GE is going to finalize its kind of vision. <laughs> they have so yeah. many different options. And Bill, I think you said your target price, uh, sell price, was thirteen or fifteen. I, I was wondering how you came up with that one. Um, well, I got it in the mid sixes, and I 
have just been seeing it slowly uptick. Mm-hmm. I think they're really married to the healthcare and aviation in- industry. Mm-hmm. So I've been kind of following Boeing and waiting to see what happens with the pandemic. I, I have been seeing demand uptick in the aviation in- uh, industry, but I think it's a lagging indicator for, you know, for these companies as they, um, as their customers wanting to buy more airplanes on. I'm kind of waiting on that news to spike up the price before maybe pulling off this the sell. I mean, it wasn't a scientific formula. I'm just banking on Culp focusing in on the airline and healthcare industries. Yeah, which he could very well do. And, and Chase, did you uh, see the range of the estimates or how many analysts there was on, on that? You're looking at? I, I, I didn't pull it out. Yeah, there's, there's 17 different analysts. And the range is actually pretty tight, 65 cents to 40 cents. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, see, and that's what I'm saying too, Bill. Is that you got uh, you said 16 analysts? 17. Yeah. 17 analysts. So that's what we kind of depend on. Like, what are they saying? What are they they seeing that Larry Culp is going to do? And it doesn't appear to be that much. Now, again, our Ford PE we use is 16.6, which is conservative, but I, I just I, I just don't G- see GE doing much more based on again 17 analysts. We're not seeing much on earnings, and I don't see why it would be overhyped to go much above a average PE. So I, 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 I would, I, I wouldn't buy it. I would, if I had it, I would sell it. And uh, Larry Culp might prove me wrong, but um, I just, I wouldn't. And I wanted to invest in GE yeah. for the longest time, but you know, as Chase said too, it's just too complicated. The numbers aren't there, and I just, I could be wrong, but I, I'd, I'd rather be wrong and cheer from the sidelines and be right. And like, doggone it, we wasted three years and. Yeah, that dividend is low and bring some balance sheet cleanup. I think his main goal, like um, last calendar year, was to free up more cash flow, therefore the divesting. But at some point, that balance sheet is going to look better. I don't know. I mean, uh, again, I think I'm banking more on the airline industry uh, rebounding. Uh, I've been kind of keeping my eye on Delta and Boeing, and but they've never pulled the trigger yet. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and, and Bill, they should be reporting earnings pretty soon. I, I would go over that earnings call with a fine tooth comb to see what they really see. And because uh, I just, you know, if you came to us as a client, we probably would say no. We we, we want to sell GE, but you know, they they should be reporting earnings in the next couple of weeks, I guess. Already. Great. Hey, appreciate the feedback. Thanks, guys. Okay, Bill. Thanks for calling. Have a good one. Bye bye. Alrighty, that opens the phone line, 866-577-2473. That's 866-577-2473. And Chase, I just thought uh, Bill mentioned about the airline industry rebounding. And I, I, I believe GE just makes the jet engines for the planes. I think so. Yeah, so I, I don't know if he meant that direction. I probably should have asked him before I let him go. But uh, we talked about the cruise line uh, industry earlier. I, I, I don't see all the excitement about Boeing. Because these airlines, they've accumulated a lot of debt. They just, was it United Airlines just report, I guess, their worst quarter ever? I don't see how they're going to come up with money to buy new planes, at least for the next three to four years. I, I, I'm I, not getting the excitement about the airlines. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't either. And I mean, the thing that just blows my mind, essentially, is I, I just pulled up Southwest. I, I think I pulled up Southwest because they're the, the best airline, I'd say. And the only one that made a profit. Yeah. <laughs> but, they're pretty darn close to their like all time high. Yeah, not not their like fifty two. I mean, they are pretty much at their fifty two week high, but 
that's also near their all-time high, which was achieved in 2017 mm-hmm. when we were booming. People were traveling all over the place. Yeah. They didn't have to issue debt or issue stock. And I, I just I don't know, like, oh, well, it's reopening. Great, it's reopening, but we're going to get back to what, where we were in 2017? I mean, I, I just I think it's gone too far. And, I mean, yeah. we liked Sometimes investing is so difficult because we wanted Southwest. Like I know where you're going with that. I was I, I was going to bring it up that, I mean, we missed it by just a couple of dollars where we said, hey, let's do it. Uh, I think we came up with what we're going to buy it at, and we didn't get it. Uh, but it looked good back then, and that was a year ago. But but now, and the other thing, too, I, I think, and I forget, because I remember looking at the numbers, and we knew how much traveled on Southwest. I don't think Southwest had a big business traveler. So is that correct? Do you remember that? that was correct. Yeah. Because that's what we're looking at, too, is that we do feel that business travel will be down, so therefore it's going to hurt the airlines. But I think that we said Southwest, and I, I forget the number. I think it was very low business travelers did that. So we thought, well, they'll be fine because we know people are still going to go back east to see people, start traveling, and so forth. But business travel is going to be down. Um, but we did like Southwest, and unfortunately we, we missed that one. But I would not be buying it now. I mean, I, I just think that would be very silly. Yeah, I, I just I, – it's not going to go from – 60 to 120 i mean I, I i don't see that happening at least i mean that that'd be a pretty crazy valuation on it yeah and i mean and, and i don't want people to invest on this but what could happen is that we had companies like zoom that went up to what 200 times earnings well if you put a multiple of 200 times earnings on southwest you get a very very high stock price but i, I don't see that's gonna happen so i don't think so either no no so i i, I was i would be staying away from the airlines or airline type companies uh, because I think there's going to be disappointment and the sales and what with the travelers and so forth. Yeah. All righty. Phone number is 866-577-2473. That's 866-577-2473. Uh, let's head up to Temecula and speak with John. John, you're in the Smart Vest Show, Brent Chase. How can we help you? Yeah. Good morning, guys. Um, thanks for taking my call and um, appreciate all your uh, guidance and insight. I was looking at a, at a company called CNC, um, Centene Corp, and um, they kind of handle Medicare and um, underrepresented uh, folks um, and their ability to get um, uh, medical care through Medicaid and what have you. So um, I think they're at a pretty good value right now and just wondering what you guys think of both the company and kind of its positioning with um, where we're probably headed with single-payer health and what have you. Okay. And you said you hold it or you're looking to buy that? Looking to buy this one, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, let's take a look at Centene Corporation, symbol is CNC. Uh, we do see a P ratio of 21.2. That is below the industry at 29.6. Price of sales looks very good, 0.3 versus 1. Price attainable book value, not material, same as the industry. And price of cash flow at 12.5 is higher than the industry at 9.5. Now, they do not pay a dividend. We do see sales are up 49% year over year, well above the industry growth at 3.5. However, earnings per share fell by 1.9%. Industry was up 53, and something happened in the last quarter because then their earnings were down 104. So I'd want to know what happened. They have some write-off. What did they do last quarter that caused this uh, big problem? We do see uh, on the balance sheet a current ratio of 1.1 versus 1.2. Debt to equity, very good, 65, half the industry at 127. Return to equity, 9.4 versus 11.8. That's okay. Net profit margin checks in at 1.6 versus 3.5. But again, I think they had some write-off 
last quarter, which would hurt their profit margin. We do see receivable turnovers of 13.9 versus 8.3 and no inventory turnover. Chase, what do you got for the earnings? Yeah, so current price here for Centene Corporation is $65.37, 52 week high, $72.45, and that low, well, it's $53.60. Now, I, I do like what I see here going forward, as in 2022, they're estimated to make $5.86. Would give us a target sell price at $97.28. So I, I like the valuation on it. I think the industry, uh, you kind of mentioned they, they do have kind of the health plans uh they kind of benefit it almost seems like through the government subsidized programs so i i don't i, I don't see us going to you know medicare for all or, or whatever you know democrats want to call it but i, I don't think there's going to be any jeopardizing of government subsidies at this point so i i think this this company could be a benefactor i don't see it going super far left uh, they haven't really talked about it that much even they, they focused on a lot of other things but and, and I kind of like this company. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, because the, the American population is aging. Yeah. More people go that direction. I, I don't understand fully what they do. It takes a lot more research. But I really like this company. I mean, I, I think it has some potential. So uh, before we bought it, uh, uh, John, we do a lot more research on it. But I, I think it's worth the research. And I don't know. Maybe we'll put on our research. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely intriguing. I mean, I, we like the healthcare industry. And, uh, you know, debt to equity is good. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's a good one, John. I mean, um as Brent said, we got more research to do on it, but I, I think it's definitely a, a and, good potential. And I'm surprised and disappointed at the same time that they don't pay a dividend. And also to be aware of something happened uh, last quarter. And, and I don't know if that was a bad thing or a good thing, but something happened. I'd, I'd have to know what that is and what happened. Will it happen again is my concern. Uh, but if not, mm -hmm. it's got some potential. But really disappointed, no dividend. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I was expecting to see maybe a two or two and a half, you know, a percent dividend. But yeah, it's, I was a little disappointed in that. But maybe the appreciation will, will make up for that. But. And it's possible maybe they did pay a dividend before. Maybe they stopped paying the dividend. So that's something else we could kind of look at in their cash flow. Actually, yeah, I looked at that and that they never paid a dividend. Never yeah. Paid. All right. Well, so, yeah. Smart on that. well, John, we like it yeah. with the research. All righty. Great. All right. Yeah. Take care, guys. All right. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye now. All right, that opens on the phone line, 866-577-2473. That's 866-577-2473. And, Chase, I love doing the show. I mean, we, we have some great conversations with the listeners, some smart, smart listeners as well. Uh, we, we find companies that, again, it may not be a, a good buy, but we can at least help the investors out there. Hey, take a look at this one. I mean, don't just buy it because we said we're going to look at it. <laughs> do some research on it. <laughs> so that has happened before where it's like, oh, this looks pretty good. And then you read something and it's like, ooh, nope, not, not so good. That one. I, you know, Brendan, I thought you were going to say something. You're sitting there. Like, oh, I was just going to say, we also make great water puns too, apparently. But you know, that's <laughs> I, earlier. I think we're all washed up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go back to the phones. Let's go to uh, Rancho Penasquitas and uh, speak to Al. Al, you're in the Smart Vest Show, hey. Brent Chase. How can we help you? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. I like your show. Thank you. I like the information you provide out there, and, uh, you know, you don't lean one way or the other. You just put the facts out there. And, and Al, well, here's how, a, here's Al, a, Al, how long have you been listening? Go ahead. How long have you been listening? I just, uh, it's just been, uh, I hear you guys off and on probably the last year or so. You know, I, I look for something to do uh, on uh, Saturday and Sunday morning. You know, I look for the financial shows just to kind of keep uh, keep my head in the game a little bit. Yeah, well, 
make money doing it, that's a good so, thing, right? <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. I hope, hopefully you make more than you lose, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> How can we help you? Listen, uh, I got my eye on this uh, Emergent Biome Solutions, EBS. This one's been in the news here recently. Uh, it's the J&J uh, company that uh, screwed up and mm. uh, got, got their vaccines mixed up uh, with the J&J's vaccine mixed up with the AstraZeneca at this plant at Emergent Biosolutions. Oh, wow. Now, so uh, this thing, uh, it tanked. It really did tank. And I'm looking to see if there's going to be an opportunity here uh, once the dust settles. All right. Well, let's take a look at uh, Emergent Biosolutions Incorporated, symbol is EBS. Uh, great start right. here, mm -hmm. Al. I mean, the PE ratio 11 versus not material for the industry. Price of sales mm -hmm. is good, 2.1 versus 11.2. Price to book value is 6.4, better than half the industry at 15. And price of cash flow mm -hmm. is 7.9 versus not material for the industry. So the valuation ratios. Great start here. Look very good. Now we do see, mm -hmm. well, wow, sales are up 41% year over year above the industry at 18.1. Mm -hmm. Earnings climbed by mm -hmm. 449. The industry fell by 26. We do see in the balance mm -hmm. sheet, got a good balance sheet. Current ratio is 3.1 versus 3.5. And debt to equity is 60.5 above the industry of 44.8. But I'm okay with a debt to equity of 60. Looking at return on equity, 24.1. The industry is a negative 21.3. Net profit mm -hmm. margin is 19.6. The industry experienced a negative 30.7. And then we see receivable turnover is 5.7 versus 4.8. Inventory turnover 1.9. Pretty much the same as the industry at 2. Chase, what do you got for the earnings? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so current price here for Emergent Biosolutions, Inc., $61.94. And you're right there, Al. It has just tanked. I mean, the high was $137.61. The low is $60.70. And I do see a note up here that J&J does expect the U.S. FDA to close inspection of an Emergent Bayview facility this week. So um, they may have closed the investigation there and the inspection. Um, I'm not sure if any more news yeah. has come out on it, but that could also tank it further if there is some deeper underlying problems there. Right, right. Mm -hmm. That's right. why I haven't bought it yet. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I do look out to two, December 2022. I see estimated earnings per share of $5.10. And what gives the target sell price at $84.66? So there is some potential there. Um, mm -hmm. The thing is, we always like to know what the potential liability could be. Do, do they have do they have a good balance sheet there? Is, yeah, they did. Yeah. You know, if they do get sued, if they do run into some temporary problems, can they kind of push mm -hmm. through that? It sounds like they could, but I, I just don't know yeah. if we know enough yet in terms of what that potential liability could be for the business. And, and, Understood. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just looking at the balance sheet really quick. They do have $621 million. That's well above a year ago, $167 million. Uh, their actual mm -hmm. debt here is uh, $847 million, about the same it was last year, about eight eleven. Um, the thing we, we look at, too, when we're looking at our companies on our Monday numbers is the trend of those mm -hmm. earnings. And I'm kind of curious what the trend of those earnings have, have been. Are they, they increasing? I'm guessing decreasing. it down. Yeah, it should be down. That's, that's what I'm saying. So, so <laughs> Temporarily. <laughs> temporarily. <laughs> but but, but we, we would kind of look at, too, with the analysts, like what are they seeing with this potential down? If you see the earnings drop dramatically, uh, with the trend being mm -hmm. down, and sometimes they're slow to, to respond to it. Yeah, and I, I right. you know, you, you might miss it. It might go back up. 
I don't know enough. I don't have enough news on here. But if they come out with some news on the inspection, and let's say it's really bad and it tanks the stock further, mm-hmm. I, I think that might be an opportunity. Or if it comes out and yeah, stock doesn't yeah. really move, let's say that could still maintain mm-hmm. an opportunity. But I, I just, yeah, I yeah. don't like to gamble essentially until I know what that potential liability is. And it, it might be out there. Right? I just don't have right. uh, the resources right now mm-hmm. to look and see if, uh, oh yeah, this would be okay. But it just, sure, it's sure. hard, you know. Yeah. And and, and now well, I'm thinking with all that money they got, you know, yeah. they should be able to clean that plant up pretty good, you know. Well, <laughs> yeah. they, they should be, but we'll... get a couple of crews in there to clean that plant up and get this thing back up to run. They got rid of the AstraZeneca over there, right? What would worry me is, but Al, the other thing that would worry me is like other lawsuits coming in because they got this fixed oh, yeah. now, so they got these other people. I mean, who knows where? There's so many attorneys that can come up with lawsuits you don't even think about. Lawsuits and trust. Yeah, I see the list of them already lined up. You know, yes. already yeah. lining yeah. up. <laughs> I mean, lawsuits and trust is you, you you screw something up that bad is I'm a business. I'm like, I don't want to use this company. I'm going to go use another company. Yeah. So I, that yeah. could hurt their yeah. potential business cash flow down the road as well. And it just takes a lot of well, reading of here. It just takes a lot of reading yeah. here to really understand what the problem really is. And then you have to determine, mm-hmm. is this something that's fixable? Yeah. And I know whenever anything comes out, you got to turn the law firm, just line up. But many times you don't have a case or they can settle for, you know, just pennies on the dollar or whatever. Um, but a lot of, this sure. takes a lot of reading to really understand because the numbers look great. Um, yeah. But the liability, yeah. you have to kind of determine if that's going to be bad or not. Well, that's that's what was part of my call here is just to see what you guys were thinking. And I'm thinking they just hit that 52-week low, I think it was just yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that, that could, there could be more room down below there before. And, I'm, you know, if it goes down to 40, well, then, you know, that that'd be almost worth the gamble right there. But the, the numbers you gave sound sound pretty good other than, you know, what's like uh, other than uh, this situation, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> And, and I think I'd be watching this on a, on a regular basis here while I'm doing the, the research to really read, understand what they're doing. I, I, I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't recommend buying this company yeah. faster than two weeks. I mean, because it's going to take you that much right. time to research it, kind of see what lays out, see if new things develop. Uh, maybe they're going to report earnings. Uh, you know, uh, this is the end of the yeah. quarter. Yeah. The inspection's a big thing. Yeah, I mean, the inspection. There's news from the inspection that comes out. That, that could drive yeah. the stock yeah. price lower. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot to it, but I, I think it's it could be a possibility, but I would not move too quickly. Yeah. So, I would all right. Jump. Well, listen, I, I, I appreciate all the information that you guys give out, uh, not only regarding this uh, particular company, but all the others I'm listening to also. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Okay, Al. Well, thank you, and have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. That opens up the phone line, 866-577-2473. That's 866 866- Five seven seven two four seven three. Let's go out to San Diego and speak with Jim. Jim, you're on the Smart Investor with Brent Chase. How can we help you? Morning, guys. Not to rain on everybody's parade, but I was hoping you could look at another water company. Ah, <laughs> oh, uh, keep them coming. <laughs> well, lo- love to rain all over the Dodgers because the Padres are doing strong this week, and hope we can keep that going. Yeah, I was yes. waiting for the Padres. Too. Yeah, we went for that. Come on. <laughs> And uh, what's his name? I always get his name wrong. Tatis. 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 Got a home run yesterday. Tatis, too. yeah. But if you want another, you know, little rain pun, it was Weathers raining down on them on Friday night. <laughs> wow, I'm getting lost in all these puns <laughs> 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 here. But anyways, this company is a desalinization company, and they seem to be in good with some governments down in the Caribbean. And I just wondered what, like, 
looking forward, how good of an investment they might be. You, you know, and I like the concept of the desaltation plants because, I mean, they say there's a water shortage. There is unlimited water supply <laughs> off the coast right here. And desaltation plants, I think, could be the, the solution for, for that issue. So uh, let's take a look at the Consolidated Water Company Limited, symbol is CWCO. And Jim, did you say you own it or looking to buy it? Uh, I own about 100 shares of it, and then I was wondering whether I should continue to put a little bit of money into it. Okay. Well, before I start, I would say I would love to buy this company, but I got to look at the numbers. So I do see a P.E. ratio of 22 versus 54. That's a positive. Price of sales, 2.6 versus 3.1. Price of book value, 1.3 versus not material for the industry. And price of cash flow is 11.3 versus 16.5. So valuation ratio is looking pretty good. I do see a nice dividend here of 2.7%. They only use 60% of their earnings to pay that out. Year over year, sales are up 6, I'm sorry, 5.6%. Industry was down 2.7. Earnings per share, however, fell by 21.5. Industry was down 27. I'd want to know why did earnings fall when their sales grew? What are they doing here? Wow. Got a great balance sheet. Got a current ratio of 10.5 versus 1.2. And also the quick ratio, which is true liquidity, is 10. So they have a lot of cash on their balance sheet here. I don't know what they're doing. Hopefully they're going to be using that soon for development of the business. We do see that we have a debt to equity of only 0.1 versus 126. So virtually no debt on the balance sheet. Return on equity is 5.3, half the initiative 10.3. Net profit margin 12.9 versus 5.6. Receivable turnover is 2.1 versus 5.9. I'd like to have that higher. Inventory turnover also low compared to the industry. It's 10.6. There's 18.5. Chase, what do you got for the earnings there? Yeah, so current price here for uh, Consolidated Water Company is $12.47. 52-week high, well, that's $16.69. And the 52-week low is $10.01. I go out to December 2022. I see estimated earnings per share of $0.64. Cents. Unfortunately, it gives the target sell price at $10.62. So, again, like the... The industry yep. it's in, I like the problem they're trying to solve or, you know, what they do, but it's just, I think a lot of other people like it as well. <laughs> and, and, and again, I'm going to do this to you again. What's the, the I price? I looked it up this time. $12.47 is the current price. Target sell price is $10.62. Okay, so that tells me that there's enough that if we have a, a market pullback, which I think we're going to have, you know, I, I forget the numbers. I think you have like a correction every 12 to 18 months or so. So we're, we're going to have one coming up. Yeah. This is one that maybe we pull back enough you could get into it because I like the concept. I like everything in this company. And I pretty much knew when you're going to do the earnings, like it's probably not going to be uh, any gain there, but I like the business. I think it's worth watching. And I like the concept because I think it, you know, flows pretty well. Yeah. When I got into it, it was about $10 a share. That's why I was calling to see if I should continue to put money into it. And part of it, I think is because tourism's down. So they're not getting, yeah. you know, the big resorts that are down there pumping the water like yeah. they normally do. And I guess, too, I also want to know the competition. Uh, how many other people are building desaltation plants? Because that could be something that could hurt them. Because I mean, it is a small company. Yeah. The market cap's $189 million. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And, and I know there's other companies that do it. Maybe what could happen is they do a great job and some bigger company buys them. Because I, I think desaltation is the way we're going to be going. Because you can't just create water out of thin air. And, again, there's unlimited supply off the east, west coast. Yeah. Yeah. So, all righty. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks, guys. You too, Jim. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. There's so many good business. What are you laughing at? You I think that it? was Tim. But <laughs> no, well, it says Jim. <laughs> okay. I said Jim, yeah. I just know he's called before. So <laughs> <laughs>
Because <laughs> the, the screen is like you know filled with people and so forth. So sometimes I forget who we're talking to, and I say the wrong name. I know what you're just saying there. So nothing intended. It's, it's like all these all these right. things. We can we separate the 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 name somewhat so that they're not all combined together. That would help. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to be 65 this year. I Give know, me a break. I, and I, I know. And I, I still know, don't I wear know. glasses. <laughs> Maybe I should. <laughs> but, um, gosh, now you got me off track what I was going to say. I know. It was so important. Um, no, I, I mean, just about looking into the, the business yeah. and being patient. And, and uh, I mean, we did do a buy last week. Um, so I think we've done a couple of uh, good buys here. Um, but there's just not a lot there. And, yeah. and I think we, I think I said last week we had a client that, he was with us now for maybe a month or so, and he did call in like, are you guys, what are you guys doing? You buy? Like, no, we're being patient. Well, now we've done, I think, two buys since that time frame. We actually um, did like three buys this week. What's that? We did three buys this past week. Oh, yeah, because something fall back. Uh, that, that's right, we did. Yeah, yeah. So, and again, I mean, that's the patience. Yeah. It's just being patient and not, and, and again, you're, you're investing for, really invest for your lifetime. You know, you, you're going to be investing for forever. You may use some of the money for different things, but you, you just have to be patient, you know, and, and uh, I, I think we'll see some good things. And um, But a lot of these companies, I mean, we had some great calls today. Yeah, and I think people just have a misconception. as Oh, the stock market's too go overpriced. I shouldn't be investing in it. I, I mean, right now we're being just very patient. We have the full intent. We're not trying to time the market by no. any means. We're just looking for a good investment at a good price. And then with the... The overall stock market, I think, is just – it is very expensive. I wouldn't buy the S&P 500. Anymore. Right. Well, then what are you guys buying? I'm like, well, we got to preserve for our clients. But right. there are good buys out there. Yep. I mean, you just have to find them. Right, right. And I do want to say people like uh, Mark and George, we didn't get to you, so uh, give us a call next week. We'll try to get to you. I mean, we just had some great calls. We're trying to mix in a little bit of Facebook there. We've not got any uh, emails lately uh, about uh, – any questions? Because that's another way too. Go to our website, smartinvesting2000.com. Ken sent an email question as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah. Facebook, as he said, you know, we're on LinkedIn and different options there for people. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Smart Investing Show. It is for informational purposes only and should not be used as investment advice. There's a closing bell. If you'd like to discuss in more detail your investment needs or have other investment questions, feel free to call myself Brent Wilsey or Chase Wilsey at 858 858- Five four six four three zero six. That's eight five eight five four six four three zero six. Or visit our website, smartinvesting2000.com. That's smartinvesting2000.com. And for more daily educational information on investing tips, go to our Facebook page, Smart Investing with Brent and Chase Wilsey. Today's show is sponsored in part by Thompson Reuters Refinitiv. Closing song, Frank Sinatra's My Way, is performed by local entertainer Roman Palacios. Have a great day. We'll talk more next week right here on the Smart Investing Show. I did all that And may I say Not in a shock This program is sponsored by Wilsey Asset Management.